0: Welcome back to the Aviation RC Noob Podcast. You found us. My name is Joe. And I'm Matt. We're here to be with you along your journey and to share our experiences in RC Aviation. If you have any questions, thoughts, or want to share a flight story, hit us up at aviationrcnoob at gmail.com. Now buckle in, let's take off.
1: All right, I'm so excited you're here. We have an amazing episode for you guys today. Um, we have with us today, Sam Platt from The Hangar RC. I want to welcome Sam to our show. Sam, glad you're aboard. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, we're here. Um, he has a whole line of uh, amazing options for us foam builders um, to get something a little different and a little bit kind of more exciting out of the box um, than I think we might be used to, to dealing with. Um, but first, as we always do with all our episodes, we like to go through what we've been doing in the hobby in the last little bit. And now, I know I always go first. Oh, wait, maybe Joe goes first. But Sam's <laughs> never gone first.
2: Oh, right, right.
1: Sam, you want to go first? Sure, I'll have a stab at this.
2: <laughs> all right. Um, uh, okay, uh, so the first, the first thing is uh, I'll have you know... Uh, with running the Hangar RC, it's, it's, it takes up a lot of my time, but when I do get the chance to get out and fly, which just happened to be last Wednesday and I got to fly during my lunch hour, as well as in the evening with my children, um, Excellent. I got to fly the Vulture and it has been a really long time since I've flown the Vulture, uh, because I've been okay. flying, you know, other, are other other frames, but. Man, I tell you yeah. what, that I miss that airframe. I really do. Mm-hmm. So at my lunch, I just I just ran quickly and, and, and put it up. Uh, actually, uh, here's an insider peek in, into the hangar. Uh, I uh, was able to record an episode, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But um, put it up. Had a had a blast. Had a camera on it. Uh, it, it was it was just mm-hmm. so enjoyable because it's it's been a little while. Um, and especially a long while since I've flown, uh, the vulture.
1: Right. We'll see about putting a link to that little video, at least the one you shared with us, if that's all right with you, Sam in the show notes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And then, um, that night I came home and, you know, you're my end of day routine, you know, eat dinner or whatever, say hi to the kids, say hi to the wife and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I told my son, I said, go clean your room so we can, uh, we can go and fly. You know, and he, he gets all excited because he, he likes it just as much as I do. So we took it over to our local uh, junior high, and uh, we were able to put it up in the air. And I gave, uh, you know, I, I I get it all trimmed out because it's been a while, just making sure everything's dialed in. And mind you, this is the vulture that we built um, mm-hmm. in the build video. So, okay. So this
0: one's got a little age on it.
2: <laughs> yeah. A little age, I would guess that I've probably, I probably have over 50 flight hours in this particular bird. Whew.
1: Yeah, dang. Uh, pretty good for foam board. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, I was looking at the video and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your flight and it, it looked like a lot of fun. And much, I was kind of like, man, I wish I was out there with you. I'll, I'll admit, I'm a little jealous of your flying sight. Like, wow, you've got like six <laughs> or seven soccer fields all butted up against one another with like nothing obstructing anything at all, you know? And we've had a few incidents
2: with the soccer goals as well, trying to fly <laughs> yeah. through, you know. Well,
1: that's because that's I'm, part, that look, good. that's part of the pylon racing, okay? <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> well, when you have a whole family and then your friend's family out there watching you, egging you on, you know, it's, it's kind of,
1: <laughs> of course I
2: can do this, and uh my plane met the pole really quickly Uh, (laughs) but it was cool anyway so that evening sorry to get back to it um no please but that evening with my son oh man or my family i guess it was my whole family so my four kids came with me and then this uh junior high that we fly at is just kitty corner from our house it's literally less than a Mm -hmm. two-minute walk nice so, my wife said, oh, "I don't want to go, you're going. you guys go, so we all piled in the truck. I already had my stuff in there from taking it to work and flying on my lunch, and we go mm-hmm. over there. I put up in the air, flies great just like it does always. um mm-hmm. hand the controls over to my son. It's been a really long time for him since he's flown as well, just because just <laughs> when I don't take him, he doesn't go anyway mm-hmm. um yeah. so we we Took him over. He took over the controls. He, I don't have to buddy box with him anymore. I did ask him, nice. he, last we left off, he was able to launch by himself, still wasn't able to land, but he didn't want to do that just because he felt he was out of practice. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. So we put him up, he flies around, he flies for a good, well, at least five minutes because that's when my transmitter started beeping at me, bring it down, check the battery. <laughs> we still got, and this is after my five minute flight. So, so far we've got 10 minutes on the airframe. We still got forty, I think, seven percent left on our battery. Okay, I'm like, right. we're going back up. Put it up, right. and I let if my you don't daughter. Mind me asking, oh yeah,
1: go ahead. How old's your How old's your son? Right now, he is twelve. Okay, keep going, and, and I'm just going to ask what ages that your kids are flying at because I know um, as a listener of different things, I'm always kind of curious to see because yeah, I'm trying to get my kids in, like how early do people kind of introduce this hobby to their kids? Obviously it's about aptitude, but I'm always curious to see when they've got their kids in the hobby, how old are the kids?
2: Right. And, so, and, and it makes no sense. So my No, no, you're good. My, my son has been simulating from the simulators for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go on our Instagram page and our Facebook page, you'll see there's a uh, video of him actually flying when he was nine or eight nice i can't quite remember but yeah and then so anyway (laughs) scatterbrained that's good no that's good (laughs) back to the story so i i he i take back control land the plane we check it we still have you know 49 percent or seven or whatever it is right and my daughter my two youngest daughters are begging to fly i always try to get my teenager to fly and she just kind of no i'm good i'm good i'm good but (laughs) um (laughs) a typical teenager i guess uh she doesn't want to drive either, which is really weird to me. But, you know, that's another story for another day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and so I hand it to my uh, my second um, youngest. And she puts it up there. And she's doing great. And I'm, I'm kind of helping her. I'm, and I didn't have the buddy box set up. So I just have my hands basically hovering over the, the control. She's got the lanyard around her neck and over yeah. the uh, transmitter. And she, I'm just hovering there just in case. Mm-hmm. And by this time it's getting pretty dark mm-hmm. <laughs> and the plane's getting to be not quite, but pretty close to silhouetted. And I'm like, okay, we gotta, we gotta be done. And my youngest, um, she's begging to fly. She doesn't know how to fly on her own yet, but, um, you know, just so you know, my second youngest, um, is a, she is now 10. Is that right? Okay. So okay. 12. Yep. 11, 10, nine. She's nine. Anyway, I can't okay. remember my kid's age. Come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, I only have two and it's hard for me. Oh, right. And I'm the one who's got to h- host all the birthday parties. I, you think I know. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway.
2: So my youngest is eight and she will be eight and she's, she's begging me. I want to fly on a fly. I'm like, okay, great. So my second youngest who's flying now, um, she's coming, uh, she has it way out there, and I'm like, okay, I can get this back. She started getting a little bit low, so I grabbed the transmitter. And mind you, I'm I'm basically hugging her, manipulating the controls. Well, long story short, I lost orientation, and our field's <laughs> pretty big, but I put it clear off on the other side of the field, and it was nosed into the ground. Oof. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's just the only thing I have connected this plane was the one. It was the one we built during the build video. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, I was kind of bummed about it just because of the sentimental value for the plane. But you know what? Right. I'll rebuild. And I'll actually rebuild with a different skin because Mm -hmm. this one that we built in the build video was not my favorite skin of the Vulture. So I'm going to build with my favorite skin and have me a new one and and whatnot. The problem is I just have to rebuild it.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) For our listeners who don't know what the Vulture is... If you could just give them in a couple words what kind of bird a vulture is, that'd be a big help, just so that they kind of have an idea. I got one word, rad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I didn't expect that word. How's that gonna? Okay, <laughs> no, let me. No, let me... so is it a is it a glider? Is it a racer? Is the you know that kind of thing?
2: It's an easy to build, easy to fly. Uh, I guess I'd call it a trainer, but it's mm-hmm. a vintage style trainer. That's what it is. Easy to build, yeah. easy okay. to fly, vintage style trainer. Okay, cool.
1: Good. That, that'll that just kind of give them an idea. And obviously it's, um, it, it, go back to any early Balsa trainer plane with the yes. crazy dihedrals and that's pretty much what you have for sure. Mm. Exactly. So good. Okay, good. Th- thank you. No problem. Um, so, so you're, so you tank this thing in, like, did, what did your kids say <laughs> okay because i always find it funny what my what comes out of my kids mouths when that happens so
2: at, by this point my wife had come to the field with a friend um that we're friends with and she they said you know they're there because so we're gonna go get ice cream anyway mm-hmm. so <laughs> my wife's reaction was sam because <laughs> i'm a better pilot than that <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> we all are until we slip up.
2: <laughs> until we until we <laughs> Until we're not. <laughs> yes, exactly. Until we're not. And so, um my my <laughs> the one that was flying, my second youngest, her name's Cameron. She she's hilarious because she's resorted to me like she learns that we ignore mom or dad, and so <laughs> she she calls us by our first names, which we did to my parents. It's not not a big thing, but mm-hmm. the way she okay. says it. She goes, "Samuel," <laughs> it's just funny <laughs> so awesome, but they, they awesome. you know they kind of said what happened I said well I, it's dark I lost orientation I mean that's what happened and then it tanked into the ground and it did kind of a spiral which was kind of yeah. it was kind of fun to watch but at the same time it was so far out there I'm like oh and it's it, you know you, it's that it's that gut reaction of whenever you crash any of your airframes you're like oh yeah there goes my fun yeah oh man <laughs> you're like I can't fly this again Then night I, I mean I don't care that yeah. it, we crash. That's part of it, but it's the it's the thing like, oh, that means we have to clean up for the night because I didn't bring any other airframe. I just brought the vulture. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like oh, oh, yeah, well. you know,
1: exactly. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's part of the joys of uh, foam board, I think. Yes, and um, and that's the beauty of foam board as well. Exactly. Nice. That sounds, that sounds like it was a good time yeah, it was a, a blast <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of, of uh kind of what we did just recently here so uh Joe do you want to go next or you want me to um
0: yeah I can go next I'll try to keep it uh fairly short because I did get um uh, well it's only two two flight sessions in uh since our mm-hmm. last uh fly-in as you called it um <laughs> so to to start Last weekend, my wife and I went up to see uh, her parents, and uh, you'll remember that yep. I had worked with my father-in-law to build the simple cub. My father-in-law, and my brother-in-law, and we had built the simple cub, and I had tried to maiden it. and had problems with the maiden, uh, which mm-hmm. you know, in sort of on the sort of like. Even retrospective in the moment, I was like, "Ah, this issue." Like I had the ailerons off because I was wanting to set him. Go ahead and set him up as a four channel, uh, so that he could get yeah. get that aspect of it, um, okay. and, and get the feel for that. Uh, what what I've learned since is start him as a three uh, until start somebody off as a three until they've got. You know a feel for what's happening and they're comfortable starting out and then you can go to the four um i know plenty of people Mm -hmm. that say well i wish i hadn't learned as a three channel and i just gone straight to the four channel but like as like if you've never done it the three channel is just easier um right it's only one stick to pay attention to right uh so Anyway, I talked about the issues of that where I didn't have the ailerons quite right, and so as I as he and I talked after that session uh, months ago, uh, he uh, yeah I kind of told him what I thought was going on this that, and he did some repairs on it. So when we went up this past weekend, uh, last weekend, we managed to get out and do some flying i had taken the spitfire up with me and i said you know if we Mm -hmm. if we can if your if your back's feeling up to it because he had been feeling better um and for anybody wondering who might be uh he has gotten some surgery is it appears to be doing well for him so hopefully he'll be able to be out and fly a little more he and i can fly some more so um, yeah. not, not to fill up too much time on that, but we did get out and fly and he had done really good work repairing that. And I kind of took out the aileron. I took the ailerons out of the mix, just turned it back to a three channel. The ailerons are still there, but the servos are just kind of locked in place. And, you know, we, I was really nervous because once we got out like, at his house, it was, there was no wind. And then we get out to where we we're wanting to fly and it was not <laughs> just windy. It was gusty with a steady wind, (laughs) and then some gusts kicking in, it was like, where did this wind come from? (laughs) And then later that (laughs) night, when we got back to the house, it was calm again. So it was just location. Um, Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we did maiden it again, so secondary maiden, and flew it successfully. Um, We flew it on his DX6 DX6E, the the simplified uh, controller that he had. And I got it up. I kind of got it uh, trimmed in and I flew it around for a little bit and set it back down. A uh, bit of a bumpy landing, but landed it. Um, and then we, we kind of talked about it a little bit what was going on with it. And then I sent it up again, uh, flew it around for a little bit longer because he wasn't quite wanting to take, it, take the sticks yet. And so I flew it for a little while and go. You know, Felt the wind out, kind of pointed out what the wind was doing this, that, and the other, and then brought it back down and landed. And he said, well, "Why don't you get your Spitfire up in the air?" So I did. I launched a Spitfire, and we were flying out mm-hmm. at a uh, at an elementary school, actually, where my wife uh, went to elementary school. Out at her old soccer field. So he was reminiscing a bit out there. And Aww. as soon as the the where we were standing and where the direction we were launching, there was a pond wrapped in trees, like, 30, 40 feet off to our side. And due to the direction of the wind that we were, you know, the headwind as we were taking off into it, he went to hand-toss these um, the Spitfire for me because I'm not to a point of being able to hand-toss the Spitfire really well yet. Um, it, it's a special
1: skill to be able to hand-toss and get your hands back on the controls fast enough yes. to be able to correct for any initial errors in launching or situational items so mm-hmm. yeah i i feel you that's he, why
2: i've adopted the mouth technique <laughs> <laughs>
1: I,
0: oh yeah we, we put it <laughs> up to your mouth to yeah. get the one yeah yep <laughs> yep you you uh, do a left-handed uh toss uh throttle up with the mouse or so your right hands on the on the sticks for control uh, yes sir. not mm-hmm. not a bad methodology <laughs>
1: Sadly, my left whole left side of the body must be uh, slow on the uptake because apparently <laughs> I I throw like a four year old with my left hand. Actually, four year olds probably do better throwing with their left hand than I do. So, anyway, con- continue on. So, no,
0: you're good. So, uh, he ended up chucking it in. It I I told him how to chug it, it was all good, but the wind grabbed it and instantly pulled it to the right, which was going to bring it behind us and over the pond. And like his (laughs) gut hit the floor, my gut hit the floor as I'm watching uh the Spitfire roll and bank off over this pond that I can't see. Like it's just behind these trees. But we're watching this like go and then there's the this is only you know, second time I've really had to spit fire out. So I'm still yanking bank on the sticks, trying to feel her out. I get kind of get it under control. And, All right. Mm-hmm. Give us more thrall. So I got some more control. Get her up in the air. All right. We're good. We're good. We're back over safe ground. We're good to go. Fly it around he you know he was over there whoo glad you didn't put it in the water me too buddy trust me <laughs> your fo- Foam your might float but it doesn't hold up well to water <laughs> no. and uh anyway so so flew it around did some laps i was kind of showing him you know coaching him through I'm, I'm setting up sort of a, a flight path especially in these windy conditions just have just fly a big you know racetrack mm-hmm. up there just find a pattern that you're enjoying feel the air out enjoy it uh, I mean, it was windy enough that the Spitfire, um, which, again, with the motor that I had on it, I was having to be like 75% throttle just to really keep it uh, kind of in the air right. and doing its thing. There were there was periods that Spitfire was kind of uh, not quite hovering in place, but it wasn't going very far, very fast. Um, it, right. it just had enough headwind up there. And just the fly- So you flew at scale-
3: yeah, I mean, that's how I do. Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: that's it. That's what we call it when it's a little, like, at the, at, yeah. It's, we call it scale. Scale, and right. We, then we'd be proud of it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is.
0: So, yeah, it flew some laps and brought it. uh was going to bring it in for a landing, and I ended up kind of tanking it at the last second because I botched my approach, and it got squirrely on me. And um, mm. Anyway, so. The ground wind is ground winds
1: are always a little iffy just when you, you're you bringing it in everything seems consistent then you get really close to the ground and all of a sudden weird stuff starts happening yeah
0: and you're like oh god yeah well <laughs> you got that ground turbulence so once you get close to the like we're coming off the the school building was sort of up on a hill so you've got the school building itself generating ground noise and then it's kind of rolling down the hill there was a tree line but then like there's some like farmland off to the side, but then there is a tree line and like so up there's clean air, but then you get down <laughs> and you can kind of feel as soon as you transition, all of a sudden that plane yeah. goes, What mm-hmm. are you doing? <laughs> um <laughs> right. and I ended up uh tanking it, which replaced the prop. We talked for a little bit, launched it again, got it back in the air, and then flew it around for a good little while longer and then brought it in. Um didn't have quite the landing I wanted, didn't put it down quite where I wanted, but safe landing, did good, and I said, hey, are you ready to fly? Like, we've been out here, it's windier than I would like, we've been kind of hanging out, waiting for the wind to die down a little bit, maybe, and it's just not. Um, So do you, like, I would really not want to go back to your place and you not had a chance to fly. Uh, And so, happily or begrudgingly, humoring me, whatever, uh, it might have been, he said, okay, so I put it back up in the air, and I kind of coached through, I put his cub back in the air, and said, all right, yo, I'm hands off the sticks, this is what it's doing. See, I was going this way, now I'm correcting, I'm using a little bit, I coached through that, I said, okay, are you ready? Hmm. And he said, oh, yeah, I said, all right, because uh, I didn't even have the neck strap on, I just went to hand him his receiver. And- his, The transmitter, means Yeah, the transmitter, what did I say, the receiver? Yeah. My bad. You did. That's um,
1: fine. So I handed him- I was gonna say, did you throw it at him and say hot
0: potato? <laughs> uh, so Just I hand- make sure your motor's no. not on. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I hand- I handed him the transmitter and he had uh about like me way back when you handed me the controls to the ft delta <laughs> or if the arrow yeah. or whatever it was he had about three seconds now we were about three accidents high at this point but he had about three seconds oh, so actually, of yeah. like okay it's cool because he hadn't really touched the sticks yet um mm-hmm. and then he started doing some input <laughs> and then reacting to and i was watching the plane and i was like oh no because here it comes <laughs> it just like Bank turn started losing altitude <laughs> one, and two accidents one accident Uh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah you go no. for three accidents to no accidents real quick and <laughs> yeah you do it uh it started tanking and, and nosediving and it <sighs> there a couple thoughts run through your mind at that moment which is one man i really wish i'd set up a buddy box for the same but of course we <laughs> it would have taken all day to do it <laughs> because i watched it come down yeah. and I'm just like oh no oh um, and then <laughs> the second thought that runs through the head is okay he's starting to recover like I saw it kind of like nose back yeah. up a bit it's like oh okay it's starting he, to recover he, he might be able to get it and then it drops down again you're like oh <laughs> And there's like one... Okay, maybe not. There's like one fence out here. One fence that runs around the soccer field.
3: And he hit that fence like
0: a daggum Homan missile. <laughs>
1: and I, mean, I showed well you done. the pictures. Like the front end of that plane was just yeah. jacked. And well, fortunately, so here's the deal. like Those pictures showed me that that's a very repairable accident. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks worse than it really is. To repair it is actually not that big of a deal, yeah. but <laughs> but yeah, you're like, Oh, I just made mincemeat out of my plane. Oh, like a cheese grater.
0: <laughs> it was it was bad. Uh, but it is repairable, uh, you know, so we spent a little time talking about it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. things he can do to repair it, how <laughs> he can reinforce, cut some areas out, you know, recut some areas, mm-hmm. print out the plans. You know, glue the sheets together because he's going to have to do the tile, or he may work with his son who might have access to a large plotter, whatever. Um, You know, we talked about some options, so he's going to see about repairing it as his home project. You know, busy, busy type stuff. Um, Yeah, and we we kind of talked about what happened, and he said it, it it would make sense once I saw you know how the plane was acting. He said. I think I might have controlled uh, confu- I think I might have mixed up and confused my sticks in that yep. he went to try to pull the nose up so aileron uh, elevator up but in the, by mistake pulled the throttle to nothing um, and it was at that point when he said that that I realized I'm not sure that I actually ever reviewed the controls with him um, oh
2: no! Step number one. Yeah. Controls. So
0: write that down in the <laughs> yeah, in the right. booklet of teaching somebody new to fly. Go oh. over what the controls do. Um, because <laughs> it just made sense to me. Like I I no, knew it. Right.
1: Well, yeah. Because. <laughs> you had done it right and then you we'd sat down with the simulator for you know not long but enough to kind of go okay this is how the sticks work mm-hmm. and then when you had it wrong it was obvious quickly and then you're like oh oh okay it's like this right
0: all right cool and and even when i fly in my uh like other games i've got a full hotas set up my throttles on the left and my you know joysticks mm-hmm. on the right so like it that kind of yeah. stuff just makes sense, and as, because I was the one setting up the control surfaces, like I knew these controls over here, this controls <laughs> over here, and it dawned exactly. on me that I never, I don't think I ever actually went over with him what the sticks did. I just here, oh. here's the stick, like, and so that was a personal failing on my part. Um, and and I, what but, mode was that? Uh, oh, <laughs> M- mode two, mode two, mode <laughs> two, whatever's not, yeah, yeah, it's a. <laughs> So throttles on...
1: But but he was operating as if it was mode one, where or, basically the side switch.
0: Right. But not, not that he was <laughs> trying to operate any specific mode. He So he knew the control was over there, but in that snap reaction, if I'm trying to... Do, he just got a mix, pulled his throttle zero, which he thought he did uh, when it was in the... Like once it started to recover and then it dropped again. He thought that's when he pulled the, the throttle to zero. I'm thinking he pulled it to zero... When he was first taken over, uh, based on the way the plane just dropped out of the air, um, so, right, so he was trying to he was trying to bring it back up, probably correctly, but by doing so, he completely right. He cut all his power, yeah. so and so a, Makes it hard. a failing on my part as somebody taking him out to teach him to fly. Um, that said, that's I mean, mistakes are how you learn when doing this. So I hate that it happened. Uh, but we got a little bit of a chuckle out of it. He laughed about, I mean, he was the one that made the homing missile joke into that fence line. He's like, it was the only fence out here. How did I hit it? Like if <laughs> I had been hilarious. five feet further that way, it wouldn't have been nearly as bad. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. So he's, he's got some repair work to do. And I told him, I said, look, the next time I come up, um, I will have done the research that I need to do to buddy your DX six mm-hmm. into my turn G nine X. So that yep. I can't, because I said, I could have taken that controller out of your hands and recovered the plane. I said, but, like, it's your plane. It's your controller. I don't want to be snatching stuff out of your hand. It wouldn't have come across. I said, I'll mm-hmm. I'll have the, the buddy box set up next time. You know, Joe, you could have control. you could have uh,
1: hugged him gently and had your hands... Up. No, uh, He is a taller hey, man than hey, me. <laughs> if I had tried to hug him gently and control that plane, I would not have been able to
0: see the plane.
1: It works with an eight-year-old. I, <laughs> I know, right. Yeah, it, it does. It works with kids. A grown but man that's I'm not so sure about. <laughs> that just gets
0: awkward. <laughs> I'm taller than Especially my old man. Especially your father-in-law. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm taller than my old man. I am not taller than my father-in-law. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. so anyway, so we, we had to talk about the right. this app, but advancing forward from that, okay. uh, cause I ended up putting the spitfire up for a little bit longer and flying it some more. So okay. advance right. to today, um, you and I go out fly and we can talk about it here is, uh, I took the vulture out to fly. Now I've been building the vulture since the build night, uh, what, two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, three, yep. three weeks uh, the twelfth,
0: I believe, yep. was the day. Just it to clarify. It was almost exactly two weeks ago.
2: I wasn't there. It was the Matt flight. and Joe. Which, yes. It you, was Matt and Joe. <laughs> you were not here for the yes. flight. <laughs> okay. Um, just, just clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> just want to make sure. Yeah, Joe away. Joe and
1: I went out today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and we flew our uh hangar RC planes that we've been building over the last couple of weeks. Again, I think both of us were doing some sort of work uh two nights ago. If you were joining the build night, you probably saw glimpses of it. Um but yeah, so so Joe
0: flew the vulture today. Mm-hmm. I did. That's... Ma- made in the vulture today, and I want to go ahead and put it out there. We'll kind of why is why we're doing this interview, why we're doing a review on these, and you know later in the episode, um, Sam had reached out to us and asked us to check out these planes, and so he sent us each a kit to build and mm-hmm. review. So that that's what Matthew and I were doing today. What we had built them. Uh I was still building it today. We were up crazy late last night, finishing it up today, and we went out and flew them. Um so we got a chance to fly the vulture. And first flight was the maiden flight was Rocky. Um and it, it acted very. It, it acted rather tail heavy, which then we ended up strapping uh, some extra batteries on the front end to shift the CG forward, and then it flew great. Um, the The first the first flight ended up nose down in the baseball field. Uh, it was just real squirrely, uh constantly wanting to know. like. Matt, I think at one point it was
1: like a high alpha
0: flight. Yeah, at, is what it looked at like. At one point, that that vulture was hanging. Had to have been like. 60 degrees pointed up just hanging there in the air like I'm just trying dude <laughs> and I'm giving him like why don't you try
1: this and why don't you try that and Joe's like shut up man I'm doing everything I can Dang seat driver. <laughs> I know I, well, I was trying to help only because I've been there it's like mm-hmm. when you're learning like, to dude, water that's... ski
2: right everybody knows how to do it and they're shouting at you being drugged through the water
0: right? <laughs> yeah, the the just <laughs> let go <laughs> <laughs> just yep, let go
1: exactly yeah. <laughs> no I have to get this um uh no it it really it the way it was flying reminded me very much of like the nutball which is just a straight out high alpha thing where you can kind of hang it by the prop all day long you know and that's what it looked like
0: no it's no no
1: it was very tail heavy and at that point but it was flyable tail heavy Mm -hmm. which is a good sign that means you're really close
0: it so I think the reason that I didn't have the porpoising effect that we've seen with the other planes that Mm -hmm. I've built there too. And I just have a thing that planes that I build start out tail heavy my yeah. glider was tail heavy the Fogie started out tail heavy the spitfire was tail heavy now this was tail heavy so i've just got a th- joe i'm gonna buy
1: you a i'm gonna buy you a 2200 milliamp three cell battery that's apparently what everything is built for when you put those in everything balances just works joe apparently. you need a it's shirt crazy. that says i'm tail heavy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh no so i'm gonna make just that. a picture of a peacock
2: we're
0: gonna make just that. a picture we're put of a peacock. On our store. We're gonna we go. do that nice. just for you, Joe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I think the only reason I wasn't having the porpoising effect that that nose up, nose down, nose up, nails that that that's mm-hmm. that situation that you get into when it's tail heavy is because there was such a strong prevailing headwind. Um, was the only thing probably okay. that kept it from not porpoising. Because you remember, like, it, it was just hanging, not going anywhere, just hanging out of yeah, there. Yeah, fair
3: enough.
0: Um, so we ended up – well, I say we ended up bringing it down. It came down of its own accord when <laughs> – the only thing I can figure is that it lost signal from the transmitter. Um, And I think – and, Matthew, you're planning on yeah. editing video, but I, I think I said, oh, I had a brownout – but it was not. I think brownouts when power goes out. I just completely lost control of the plane, yeah. and the throttle went to zero. I couldn't. I had no control surfaces. Nothing. Um, and it ended up go you know, nose down, poop right into the yeah. baseball field. Um, right, and th- that was not you. Like looking at that, like
1: that, it, it was flying in a certain manner, and then it wasn't. Yeah, suddenly it just so it different. it was not your doing. It was not the plane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's a that's a connection issue. Like crud.
0: Yeah. Um, and that
1: thankfully it didn't land into that puddle.
0: Right. So <laughs> we we were just talking earlier. It was like, okay, everything's kind of drying out because it had been raining like crazy the day and night before. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess it just worked out that we took so... I took so long today to get everything finalized that it mostly dried out. But I walked out to the baseball field, which is good ways out there, and it's like right beside three giant puddles out <laughs> with the baseball field. like, huh. <laughs> so fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, you know, pick it up, kind of readjust some things, uh, had to replace the prop, get the wing back on straight. It didn't, like it kind of frayed some edges, but it didn't bro- bow or break anything. So uh, no. Matt, we strapped some batteries. It held up well. We strapped some batteries on the front and relaunched it. And I ended up adjusting because I ended up having some uh, nose up, Tendency in the horizontal stabilizer when I put the control t- tightened the uh, the nut down on the control surface wire, so fixed those issues. Relaunched, got it trimmed out, and then she flew like a champ. Um, it was yeah. it was very enjoyable. One, once I got her up, got her trimmed out, and you know you were asking me like, is it does it feel like the Foggy? And eh, kind of, but the the Foggy just had so much uh, it had the under camber nature that. It was so much drag. This plane like moved faster through the air. And it, because it's not yeah. it's got the under camber tips, but the underside of the wing is full. Um, and it just right. flew nice. Once you got it trimmed out and and flying right, and then it would it was hanging at like fifty percent throttle. It was just doing its thing up there. And you saw me take it way up there. Once I got really comfortable with it, I started taking it way up there, and then uh, you were trying to get your micro up and flying and so it um, as, as you had like put yours down further out as you were walking out I was you know doing some low passes over you and you know buzzing the tower as it were and uh, ended up bringing it in setting it down um, and we kind of debriefed on that and then we got your seven out in the air uh the tragedy of today, then moving on off of that was when we the, uh, then flew the Spitfires. And I won't spend a whole lot of time on this one, but because we, we didn't have much flight time with them. Got the Spitfires in the air um, flying around. You let me borrow your CPAC motor. Thank you. And mm-hmm. I, I just got in a four-cell battery in the mail. So that was awesome. So much power behind that bad boy. Got in the air going up, getting kind of squirrely. Um but yeah, as I'm getting the feel for it again and then with the with the head and tailwind as we're going around, it got a good ways out at distance and I was like, Man, I'm trying to get you you were saying, Hey Joe, work on bringing it back yeah, in. Like, I'm like trying, Matt. All of a sudden I can't control this plane anymore. <laughs> uh and it was probably like right. four or five minutes into flight. And I just again signal loss. Um and it dumped Sadly, I'm not proud of this one. My my stomach's been in knots about it since. But I ended up dumping it um, into the neighborhood that was beside the school, um, and I had to go and look for it. And it ended up, uh, fortunately, being between two sets of privacy fences. It was like the access road behind two set like behind houses or in between streets of houses. Anyway, um, but the Spitfire had broken in half um tail section just wrapped around wing was busted so that was the tragedy of that but we had a really good day of flying okay so what
1: i flew this past couple weeks um i'm trying to think if i did any flying with the boys um and i don't think i i think what i ended up doing is i finished up my micro build for So I got really excited when, Sam, you showed us kind of what you guys were offering. And on a whim, I printed out the micro size of the 7 and the Vulture. And when I did that, I put those together with the Dollar General stuff. And I I finished those up over this last week, and I decided I wanted to try to fly them, see how they flew. Um, The micro size 7, I got out, flew really good, um, really sensitive. So I had to bring my throws down significantly. Maybe maybe I keep putting the the throws on the high level. I don't know. Um, So once I dialed back the throws, um, it flew like fun. It was a lot of fun. It was tiny, but it seemed to fly pretty floaty. Um, it had enough power to do loops and to rolls and kind of go around, but it wasn't like screaming through the sky or anything like that. I was running right. an 1806 with a uh, quadcopter motor, like a five by three by three, with a 4500 uh, three-cell or 55, uh, yeah, 550 or 450 milliamp three-cell mm-hmm. right. um, to right. kind of for, for weight. Um, so that's generally the power setup because again it's micro. So and this is all the first micro
2: or... that I'm aware of that somebody's done that small. Um, there's been a couple mm-hmm. guys that have done bigger ones um, by a little bit, but sure. But this is uh, when I saw yours, I'm like, wow, that's that's it's it's cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's adorable.
2: It's adorable. Oh yeah, and, and so yeah, you
1: have to go up an octave. And
2: we'd love about. to see. Yeah, yeah, you do have to go up an octave, <laughs> and we'd love to see people. You know. Part of our community, um, which we call the squadron affectionately, uh, we love to see their builds. But this is the first time I've seen that I know of, the, at least that anybody hasn't shared with us that has built that small. Yeah. And it's, it's they're gorgeous, they're beautiful.
1: Yeah, and and I'm we've as we've been doing this uh, in the show, it's kind of like semi-secret. Um, when we get this published this episode published I'll make sure that we I post what I did with those I also took the vulture and did the same thing again it was like using a half of a sheet of the stuff from the Dollar General and it only took six printed plan sheets it was like really easy and quick and I had it done in a couple hours and then it reminded me because I'd been working on the Viking I, I still kind of am uh, The Vance Viking, the Viking S3B, the, uh, the ducted fan jet, and it's all in the finishing stages, right? So it's not that stage where you have a plan, you cut it out and you go, boy, I hope this turns out like I want. And you put it together and you go, yeah, like two hours later, like this is exactly what I want. Or that's really close. Let me fix that. Um, it's, you know, those builds are all at the end stage where it's like, well, how do I get this landing gear to work the way I want? Or why is this deflection not, this is binding here? Or, hmm, I wonder if I could get this so the canopy sits a little bit better uh, kind of stuff. And so I I miss, I really like, that's part of what I love about the foam board builds is, you know, in an hour, you have got something that you turn into an airplane, like from flat sheets. It's awesome. So, sure. uh, I, I realized when I built that on the, on the win, um, knowing that you're, I think I put those together and we're cutting them out the day that we received, uh, your packages. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so, so I was like, oh, cool. Neat. Um, cause at that point I was kind of checking out what you had. I'm like, oh, the plans are free. This is fantastic. Let me take a quick look. Let me print about half size and we'll see what we can do. Like what's the worst that could happen? It doesn't it doesn't fly well because it's a micro like, and I can't help you out tough. at that size.
3: <laughs> no, micros
1: are really tough because, um, you're in, when you reduce the wing dimensions by half, you're reducing, it's an exponential thing. So you're basically reducing the actual load capacity by a quarter. So I have to take whatever load you've designed it for, which I wasn't really sure what it was. And, it had to be a quarter of that. And so to do that, uh, nine gram motors need to be what's a quarter, like three grams. Right. Maybe the, the battery, if we're using a 2200, well, eh, yeah, definitely need a quarter of that. Um, the, the motors, you want enough power, but, uh, you don't want too much torque because with, with that much size difference, you It's really going to start affecting things. So once you, when you scale things down, it, it, it gets a little different. Like, there's a couple um, components that you can use that really help the scaling out. Um, and it turned out, like, it worked out really well. The, uh, and I think it's like the APAC motors that Flight Test uses. The 1806 quad motors, really, right. with the 5x3x3 by three by three prop and that, that uh, like, a 12-amp ESC. That is a great system for that micro size. And, again, I think it was, like, it's half size. So it's tiny. about 18 inches. Yeah, it's like 18 inches wingspan total. It's insane. Um, it was really fun. It, it was just like one of those exercises. I wonder if this, <laughs> how this will work. I wonder if it'll build about the same. I wanted to see what the differences were. I wanted to kind of a sneak peek as to what I was going to get, um, what you were sending, really. But the other half is I wanted to see how it came. And I wanted to see, does it build any different? It shouldn't because I was building like exactly half scale with the foam, half scale with the plans, like it should build identical. And it turned out it did.
2: Oh, and Um, it gave you a practice run, which was kind of
1: nice. It did, yeah. And I also wanted to see like, well, this is me figuring it out as just a random builder who finds your plans and just does what they think is the best. That's one experience, right? And then to take your plans and take your kit and then go and watch the videos and follow your guides and see what I can learn from that and see what the differences are in in the experiences are. Right. Uh, That was part of what I wanted to check out, but I really love the seven, like what I, you know, in the vulture, I want to, I want to see them fly. So I put those together, um, during the week and I gave them each maiden flights. Um, the seven flew pretty like pretty much like I hoped it would fly. It was about 75% throttle, it was flying well, it could do different maneuvers. Um, and unfortunately I haven't been able to replicate that uh, that success. Part of it is because I, I'm either I'm not wrenching down or I'm not using Loctite or something like that, but the nut keeps coming off and Joe and I experienced it today. I rev that motor up and, and all of a sudden the propellers, the propeller is the fastest thing moving across the field. The, the plane's in place, but the, the propeller is out. So you know, just because this is a noob show, um, a side note, on your Loctite,
2: make sure you get the blue Loctite. Not the blue bottle, but the blue in color, the
1: liquid itself inside. <laughs> the, right. The red bottle with the blue which is temporary yes as opposed to the blue bottle with, with the, the red, red liquid which, makes no which sense is whatsoever. permanent <laughs> no I, why why they didn't make one a green <laughs> yes. bottle or something is beyond yes. we yeah um exactly yeah thank you for that uh, noob tip <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, fortunately i've never bought the blue bottle with the red liquid so i can't confuse them there on my go. bench thankfully um that's another noob tip don't buy the other stuff because then you don't have to worry about <laughs> yep. confusing it anyway, anyway so uh so i got a chance to fly the seven uh and again i got it to fly pretty well i built the vulture um and i brought that out to my flying field one evening i was trying to get them all to fly and uh leading up to this past weekend, by today i guess uh, I have three different attempts during the week to do a maiden flight on all of the the two micro builds in the seven, and, and you know if I if I only I knew a podcast that went over what should be in your go bag and how to set <laughs> hmm. it up. <laughs> when was that one? Um, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I don't know. I think that was like what last episode uh, actually it sure. was. I even Matthew. covered. <laughs>
2: Matt, would you forget your head covered, if it wasn't
1: attached? I covered <laughs> – often. Yes, often. Um, and, and I proved it this week. I swear to God. Uh, I forgot the LiPo bag one day, and that had all the full-size batteries, mm. which means I wasn't flying the 7. Um, the other one, let's see. The full-size 7. I, it just, it would, the full-size right. 7. So the micro size uh, – it was just a comedy of errors where, oh, on the micro – when I flew the 7, I, 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 it was out of control and I cartwheeled it and the motor mount came loose, which is really kind of hard to get at to kind of re-glue back. But it's also kind of wedged in there by the front cowl under, under piece. And so that day, I was just like, "Ah, eh, let's see if it continues to fly. Because oh, what's the no. worst that could happen? It comes out of the front, <laughs> right? I'm like, if it comes out of the front, like, that's what's going to happen anyway. Like, right. okay, well, whatever. I'll just turn it off and then we'll go home. <laughs> well, I, I flew that successfully for like three or four loops with a loose motor. I was <laughs> so like, oh, man, this is going to be a great plane. I can't wait to fly it. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Remember the full was really excited. in. Yeah, glue the motor in. Um, do it before you close the cowl for the love of God. That's all I. That's my Follow advice. Follow the build um, video. Uh. Forwards. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I like to do it from the back and just sort of figure it out. Um, <laughs> just play the video in no, reverse. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, if you play what? the video
2: backwards, I, I'm just kidding. I'm totally
1: kidding. <laughs> no, right. It basically tells you how to build the plane, uh, unbuild the plane. Um, all right. So. Uh, after, after I built that and had those experiences, um, the first day was a complete fail. Everything I tried, uh, I didn't have a thing to tighten a nut. I didn't have, each plane was missing something that was just asinine that I didn't have with me. It was all things I should have had with me and I didn't. Mm -hmm. So, okay, pack it up, go home. Next day I come back out and I'm like, ah, doesn't, this doesn't work. Darn it. Um, I think I had uh, tanked the launch on the Mi- Micro Seven, and uh, something happened where I'm like, okay, well that's not gonna fly. But I flew the Vulture, and I flew that up and down the field a little bit, but it was cranked at full, full speed. So that is an 1806. I'm using a 5 by 3 prop with a 442 cell, because again, it's on two cells. So what I didn't want to do was overcook the six amp plush man uh yeah that's in it and again i'm using a six amp because that's a couple grams lighter and that build as much you know at micro scale as much weight as you can possibly save honestly if i could go back and do it i probably cut holes in the back of the thing and cover it with very very thin tape just so i could get less weight mm-hmm. in there i if i were to rebuild the micro Uh, I would probably do as many lightning techniques as you could possibly get away with to have a solid airframe Um, just because it performs much better. But I had a great time flying it up and down the field. Again, it was like 90 to 100% throttle just pegged and just uh, very minute controls. It was really touchy. And, Joe, you saw it today when we flew it again today. Like it was really touchy until I almost like barely – I just didn't even touch the rudder. And I just controlled the elevator and a little tiny bit of red, like itty bitty. And this was on like minute throws. And it was, it, you know, it flew. It flew pretty well once I finally remembered, like, don't touch it, Matt. Just let it fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I was doing in the field. I had a great time during the week. But I could never, and, and then I ran out of time to go out and get the full scale. Um, uh, oh, I know what it was. I, I had uh, the the O-ring that kept the prop saver right. prop on, that busted. And I normally have two or three of them on my key ring. I didn't have any on that day. Mm. And then there was another thing. Something else happened the next day. And I was like, oh, this is so stupid. Oh, the LiPo bag was the next day. And I'm like, how did I miss a LiPo bag? <laughs> like, the LiPo We've bag. We've all been there. Ugh. We've all been there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so we got out there today. Um, and I had, again, all three planes, we tried the micro seven and again, that's where the prop came zooming off and the plane (laughs) stayed still. And I said, you know, rather than get myself worked up over how this isn't working, let's go have fun with all the other planes. We got a lot more here. Um, uh, Joe flew his vulture and then I decided, well, let me, let me see if I can get the micro vulture and I forgot how touch it was. So it took a little bit, but once he, his battery was, was starting to beep and I'm like, Hey, it's finally working. So <laughs> I did like a couple little circuits as he's kind of slowly bringing his in, in that I, I all I can think of is it's almost like a cargo plane. When it comes in, it seems to come in and it's like looming, like slow, like descent as it comes down to the runway at that angle right mm-hmm. like that's how the vulture comes in it's just this slow easy descent right especially with like this wind. little micros <laughs> yeah especially with the headwind that, <laughs> yes. that helped a lot uh, but the micro was like kind of zoomed as best i could around it <laughs> and it's all squirrely and you know but but it, and it was because it's just so touchy on the controls but it was a lot of fun we had a little bit of fun with that um and then uh i got to i was like okay everything's cool oh and that was the other thing I did, um, the, the seven full size was built according to your plans and all the stuff. And it, it, we'll talk about the build experience later, but one of the things I despise doing is hand launching because if something doesn't work, you might as well, you're literally throwing your plane into the ground. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, I get it. And it always kills me because I'm like, but the plane is so nice. It's not the plane's (laughs) fault. Why am I throwing a plane into the ground? So I decided, you know, after looking at some of the other guys who built 7s, one of the guys uh, talked about some landing gear. Um, And so I decided I'm going to make some landing gear for this thing because looking at the Van R7s page, uh, the the Van's RV7 page, like all all of the stuff has has gear, and it's very iconic. I'm like, let me see if I could replicate that. So while Joe was putting this vulture to- together today, I got some pliers out and some of the, <clears throat> the eighth-inch steel wire that comes from the hardware store, and I started wrenching on it. And, and then I'm like, but I need this to detach because Joe and I were both – all four of us, so my two kids and Joe and myself were all piling in my little Yaris, which means <laughs> – nice. <laughs> which means there's no room for planes. Normally I have my front seater. There's one seat. Usually I can put planes in, but I'm like, Oh shoot. I can't do that. I'm like, mm. well, which kids are on top. Two... <laughs> 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 That's what I was thinking like, well, maybe one could run alongside. <laughs> yeah. Like no, uh, <laughs> no. So we had two Spitfires. We had the full size, full size seven. We had the vulture. And then we had the two micros. Right. And I'm That's like, a lot oh, of planes in the truck of that put... car. It's a lot of planes. It's a good size trunk, but at the same point, you know, it's a small car. Um, I'm like, if I have this landing gear permanently attached, we're done. Cause three of those planes are permanently attached wings. Mm-hmm. The Spitfire, oh. the wing doesn't come off. Right. And the seven, the way it's set up, the wing doesn't come right. off. It's a lot stronger, but build that way. Um, and if you're building any of those three, any of those two planes, like just glue the thing on, like you'll be happier for mm-hmm. it. Um, so I, I took the, the thing and I made little clips that insert into the plane. And then you basically put and clip the gear onto it and it keeps it. It keeps it solid. And we were checking it out today. And I, I plan on posting at least a little bit of information about it. Um, and, you know, if, if you can do this, this is amazing. And I'll tell you what, the seven, the way it's designed with the cowl Firewall like the double foam board near the front of the plane, I was able to use that to kind of anchor two of the clips. And that really was kind of instrumental in making sure that this landing gear stayed on. Now, I think you could you could fit that to other kinds of planes too, um, but it just seemed to work out really well for this plane. And so I was able to take the landing gear off, put the seven flat, put the two Spitfires on top. The Vulture's wing comes off, so you kind of sit it in the back like a like a good polite plane in the back, and then you know the other was kind of fit in there, and because we had to fit Joe's, we had to fit Joe's go box. By the way, oh, yeah. Joe's go box. If you didn't listen to the last episode, oh. is everything he owned or the rubber
0: maid. and extra today because we were maidening. So I had the battery yeah. charger. I had a new inverter I just bought. There was the glue, there was the glue gun in there. There was multiple rolls of tape. There were pl- everything in case something went wrong in the field. It was in this go. Box. It was spilling.
1: Right. Right. And and of course, I had my kids with me. So I'm like, well, maybe we'll get a chance to buddy box. So I've got my transmitter. I've got their transmitter. I've got the other transmitter because one of those builds is hooked up to the old receiver and... Uh, needless to say, my go bag is also giant, so I'm like stuffing it between the kids. Kids are plastered up against the windows going, pal, you know? Uh <laughs> It's only an hour to the field. Anyway, it's only an hour.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Well,
1: thankfully, we, we went to the local high school, so it wasn't that far. But yeah, <laughs> that would be hilarious. I, th- I should have thought about saying that to him. Anyway, so we went out. We brought the seven out. And so I flew that around. I got a really good chance to give that a go. I tried inverted flight and didn't crash it. I don't know how I managed to do that. That's because the seven uh, Handles um, inverted like a dream. Yeah, it's a 3D. It's a 3D wing, right? It's a symmetrical airfoil, I should say, uh, and consequently, so when you go upside down, you really don't have to do a whole lot to have it fly almost the same manner. So it, it was a lot of fun to do that and give that a try and fly, fly it around. It's maneuverable. Um, I think the setup I had as far as the engine and the prop might have been a little undersized from what's recommended. But it still flew really well and we had a lot of fun with it. Um, then we split, flew the Spitfires and much like last week, it was silhouette flying the Spitfires, <laughs> which is like, Hey, let's get a plane that looks symmetrical going, coming upside down and right side up as a silhouette. <laughs> oh geez. I don't want it to be, but you know, we, we had big dreams. Uh, they didn't quite come true today, but we did have a lot of fun kind of flying them in the air. I think we enjoyed them. Um, and Joe, I'm, I swear I'm going to be done. I'm going to, you're going to get your plane back. Okay. Like. I know you I know you don't I know you're like it's never going to work man that's just all busted now and I I know how you're fi- feeling but like I glued it back it's the fuse is straight
0: right I, so I think it would be so basically. so you guys know what happened it It tanked, it it broke, it covered that. And I was like, ah, man, I was really looking forward to having this plane as a regular, but now it's busted. I'm like, I'm not going to fix that. Like wrap tape around it. Come on. (laughs) So uh, Matthew said, well, i'll take it i'll repair it i'll give you some servos to replace the ones that are in it and then it'll be mine and you know the boys and can I'll fly, fly. yeah like i'll have a free spitfire and i'm like well if you can get it flying and flying right go for it because like it might my-
1: that's that's on you buddy <laughs> you want that headache it's all yours yeah so like
0: <laughs> I, i'm i'm not expecting it back now that you uh, You've taped it and glued it and all that. But if it does fly, like it's up to you, but I'm not expecting yeah. it back. If,
1: if I get it flying uh, next time we see each other, I'll make sure you, you, I want you to have it back. I want you to have that, a plane that you can enjoy and rely upon. And that the Spitfire is just one of those. Um, so, I mean, so that's, uh, that's our flying stories for the week, I think. Right. Um, I, like I said, I'm, we're going to, I kind of breezed over the the seven because I want to get into a little bit more about, how it flew in our review of it. So uh,
0: so um, that's why I'm kind of leaving that light. Are, are you planning to cover your uh, half battery charge secondary flight attempt during the review? Or can I at least chuckle at that now?
1: <laughs> you could chuckle. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, uh, when when I landed and I'm like, oh, look, it's only, it's like halfway. Right. And then I decided to try to take off again. Mm-hmm. And it was like the little okay, seven I'll that could. Okay, I'll talk about it.
2: <laughs> Little 70 <laughs> that
1: That's funny. Okay. So, so, so it, it, the way it took off, like it doesn't have a lot of power. Like I was pegged at 90 to 100% for most of the flying. And again, it flew well. I enjoyed it, but it did not have an abundance of power. Like when we have the Spitfires, they've got more than enough to just jam out all night long. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is awesome. So, uh, this was flying again, like we like to say, we it's flying scale. Um, so I had to get a lot of runway speed, but it would only get, um, and just to clarify, when you're saying that
0: it didn't have a ton of powers, cause we, you were using a motor you had that ended up being kind of low on the KV and you didn't have the, the prop that was actually designed. That plane was built for. I think I had the prop but again the motor didn't have the amount of
1: KV so okay. it wasn't spinning as fast as it should have. Um if we had if I had had the motor that that we could have used. But okay. Again that's that's Thank not you. on um that's my choice. Yeah, want to make um, sure we pointed that one out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I thought, like, I thought it was going to be fine. But anyway, it turns out it was fine enough to to give it a go and give it a try. Um, so as I'm flying this, like, it's got to get enough speed to just get enough to lift it up. And it's it's really, like, just barely getting enough. But add to that, it's getting dragged from the grass, which, again, because school isn't really in session, they're only cutting it just enough to make sure it's not a weed monster. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, there's a lot of drag on the wheels as I'm trying to push it across the the field and and get it up in the air mm. and it's starting to get enough speed. It's just it's lifting up, you know, the the tail is coming up off the ground. And it's, so it's flying, but it's flying with the wheels pretty much touching the ground. And I'm trying to get more speed, but the wheels are slowing it down. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push it so it can get just enough to kind of get up off of the grass and maybe get enough speed to actually start climbing. And it does start to. And so to. this is... Yeah. And but that requires a lot of space. Mm-hmm. And so here I am, I'm chugging <laughs> oh, no. it I'm chugging it towards the one side of the field and that's where the fence is. And I'm like, I got plenty of room. I'm sure it'll be going fast enough. It'll be great. I'll pull it back on the elevator and we'll be good. And so I'm like, but I pull back in the elevator. I'm like, oh no, I'm slowing down. Like, I need to keep it level to get enough speed <laughs> to be able to pull up. And meanwhile, I'm heading at like, it's literally inches off the ground. It's flying ground effect along the ground, almost, right? And it's flying along the ground, and it's heading right <laughs> for that fence, and it is not getting any altitude at all because it's still hitting some grass and slowing down, and just barely. And I'm like, I'm like "Come on, baby, a little bit higher, a little bit." And Joe's like, "Dude, you're gonna hit that fence." I'm like, "I might. We'll see. <laughs> we might have seven hamburger tonight, you know." And I, <laughs> so I'm like, "Come on, come on, almost there, almost there." And it was, it, it fell. <laughs> Forgot it felt very much like that Indiana Jones moment where you're just like and oh there we go and it just like just pulled enough to to clear the fence and turn and like I'm like I can't turn though I really it's too low Mm -hmm. like I can't dip a wing it's gonna clip the ground so I had to fly level and straight and just above the ground long enough for it to get enough speed to start to really be able to climb and I was eating up runway space. Fast, I thought for sure I was going to have to tell you, sorry, Sam, that the the, the we had success building, we had success flying. I can give you a, a review. And then I put it in <laughs> a fence. But I'm never going to fly. Uh, I'm sad. And then I put it in a fence Good job. and made an Good job. <laughs> well done. Yeah, but no, I. it turns out I ended up just missing it. I, I kind of came up and around and I said, you know, Le- Joe's like, you should probably land. It. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, Joe. So, and it, again, it was still only like eye level. It never really got terribly high. Uh, so I just sent a, I eased back on the throttle and let it come back to the ground near the uh, goalposts mm-hmm. that were pretty much right there. So that, I forgot. So yeah. So I I learned that's exactly where the limit is for that plane. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, um, they all have them. <laughs> I learned something today. Yeah. Exactly. So I yeah. So I think that pretty much ends. <laughs> that's I guess the last thing we need to talk about for the flight. Um, I know over the last uh, couple weeks uh, since we met last, we had a build party, um, and that was part of where we were kind of building uh the the products that were provided by the hangar rc mm-hmm. um and we had a lot of our listeners and community that are on our discord server kind of join in with their planes whatever they were working on um just chatted about planes and had a good time i know sam you came on and said hey yes i really enjoy those those are that's a an excellent idea i really enjoy that i'm glad i'm glad i i know we do a lot of fun that's for sure, I think we're we're planning on doing it um probably in about mid October and we're gonna do another one in mid uh November i think so and one of those I think it's gonna be the November fourteenth one I think is the one we are roughly planning out. We'll solidify it by next episode uh is going to we'll call it the hang r c um build night, and that's one where we're going to recommend you know just go out to the hang r c check out their website. Uh, see if you, if there's a kit or a plan set, the, all of your plans are free yes. if they want to download them as a PDF, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But go, go over there, check out what they've got, what, what kind of, um, planes they have available. Um, download something you find interesting and exciting to build. Give it a go. Uh, get your plans ready, uh, order a kit. And that's part of why we're doing it in November. That gives you plenty of time to take a look, um, you know, and see what you like and make place an order. Uh, Sam, you said that the shipping goes out within a handful of days of the order, and it's usually two- or three-day shipping, so yep. it should arrive within about a week. Yes. We try to ship everything
2: Excellent. out within two days, um, one day for the order to come in and be processed, and the second day to ship. And then most places in the country we ship two-day, um, sometimes on the far east coast. Um, two-day okay. shipping is not available, so yeah.
1: Okay, that's fair enough. Um, and so uh, you, the Hangar RC has offered a discount code for anybody who's looking to put, put together some supplies from their site. Yes. Uh, for that build night, it is ARCN BN1. That's all lowercase, and that gives them 10% off the entire store through November 30th, 2020.
0: Yep. And we'll, we'll have that code uh, linked in the description. Uh, so. As well as the link. Yep, link to the Hangar R C website. Uh and again, that's uh you know, in preparation for what we're doing as the Hangar R C build night where you know we'll be building everybody like Matt and I will be building another Hangar R C uh plane. Um I don't know, I might mm-hmm. try to build the seven uh this time or I may mm-hmm. build the Vulture again just to uh you know do it do it again and go through that process again now that I've got a better understanding and what's going on. And I'll talk about that in the review.
1: Right. Exactly. Cool.
0: Um, and I might try the wasp.
1: Do we have any listener comments? I know before we usually get into the meat and potatoes, we'd we like to see if there's any listener comments. Do we see anything?
0: Um, Joe? I've been, I've been in the discord, but, uh, I don't, I haven't seen anything. What have you got?
1: Um, I know there was a lot of mentions of the forest fires that are going on in the Northwest. And California, and so for all those people who are out there, please be safe and, uh, and, you know, stay safe. Don't, you know, be here or anything like that. Um, I know a friend of mine picked up a plane, I guess, uh, and had to fly through a lot of the smoke through there. Um, so, uh, as it continues to, to do what it does, you know, just, just be careful. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen, Matt. We get a
2: lot of that smoke and we have a lot of forest fires in Utah here. And so I, I'm living, I'm living
1: it, man. Yeah, so just just for those of you, that's, that's some love sent from us. Thank you. Uh, I know uh, one of our uh, community members uh, gave us a. He he was out there uh, named Squirreltail. Uh, he ended up going out to a flying event uh, in the past couple of weeks, and he shared with us some of the really neat uh, large scale three D flying that he and his friends did. Um, and we'll see uh, if if he doesn't mind, maybe we can. We'll see about linking to that. But it was a really neat thing to see him and his buddy doing, like, kind of synced up 3D hover flying and pattern flying. Just some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. It was,
0: for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, P- planes don't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Not unless you've got some crazy skill. And I'll tell you what, kudos to to uh was it sam and his buddy uh for for doing that kind of thing? It's, it's awesome stuff to see not that sam the different, different. sam but it's still awesome yes. stuff mm-hmm. yep
0: <laughs> so as a proper introduction uh sam sam platt you are the founder of the Hangar rc um which That's is great. which is your wait
1: wait wait Bef- go. before we go sam you've got 10 seconds to introduce yourself and go My name is Sam Platt. I guess
2: I'm the founder of the Hangar RC. And yeah, I fly airplanes. (laughs) And I have a family, and I'm on the show. (laughs) Nice.
1: Okay, cool. So, for the main topic, we're here to talk to Sam Platt, who is the founder of the Hangar RC. And uh, we're here to talk, we want to know more about who you are, Sam. And uh, before we start talking about the Hangar RC, so what I'd love to know, uh, how we'd like to start, is what was your first experience in the hobby?
2: My first experience in the ob- hobby, um, <clears throat> I would have to say it started back in high school. Uh, I had a fascination for flight, and I, you know, I, I, I always saw, and I, I guess I can't say always, but I did see occasionally, you know, people out there with control line airplanes and I thought, man, that'd be cool if I could get one of those, but you know, I could, I could, I grew up on a farm, never could probably afford it. And I knew it was kind of expensive. So really I started by, um, because it was what I could afford. I started with SD's model rockets. Um, they're a great way to get into aerospace, into flying. Um, so what I do is I, uh, I'd buy the, the kits obviously, and I build the, build the rockets. Um, And then eventually, I started upgrading them. I started building my own, um, but um, for the most part, I stuck to the SD's kits. Um, But I, like, I started upgrading my 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 transmitter. Called transmitter. My my uh, I guess it was a controller or launch controller that, um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just a single button, I had one that kind of looked like an RC transmitter, but it was you had one button that would, if when you're plugged in, when you had your key in, it would beep, you know, beep, beep 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 beep, and then when you push the one button, it would go solid like a like a countdown, and then you push the other one and launch the rocket off. Um, but that's where I got started. I actually pulled one of my really good friends in high school in, and he started building and flying uh, rockets, uh, model rockets as well. And so that's kind of where I got started in, um, uh, I guess, aviation in general. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, fast forward. So go ahead.
1: I was going to say, so how, how about when you got into Model RC Aviation?
2: Right. So fast forward go oh, from high school till I'd been married for 14, 15 years maybe. So fast forward 20, 25, 30 years, somewhere around there. And um, yeah. I used to work at a, a real estate marketing firm for my, for my real job, if you will. Um, and I had a – there was a coworker there who <clears> – <throat> had these, uh, these, these foam board airplanes and he was, you know, he's all, you need to come out and fly with me. Cause he knew I had an interest in aviation. He said, you got to come out, Sam, you got to come out. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, this is cool, but you know, I don't have time. And I, you know, at that time I had thought, Oh, he must be spending a fortune. And you know, me and my wife with a young family were we, I won't say we we're strapped, but you right. know, you have budgets, so you got to keep too. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. finally, one day on lunch, because that's when he'd go fly. We just we were down the street from a low park, um, and he took me out. And man, it, I, it was awesome. And that that time he had his um, FPV headset, and he let me put it on while he flew around um, line of sight. And man, it, mm-hmm. it it just it hooked me. And so um, on top of that, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer by trade, and I had been working with foam board for gosh 20 years and so i had to ma- i had I, I i not to toot my own horn but i was a master at foam board because we had to use it in school we learned how to use it in school and we, you know as a graphic designer mm-hmm. you're constantly using foam board to mat your projects on and and whatnot and make presentations mm-hmm. and so it, it kind of felt natural once i learned it was foam board and, and dollar tree foam board or adam's ready board it kind of all felt natural to me it kind of just fell in my lap, so he finally convinced me, and I went home and talked to my wife. And said, "Hey, I'd really like to try this out." And I'm I'm kind of a master of all sh- trades and or what, what's the saying? Uh, 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 Jack there, of all you know, trades, master, master of none.
1: none. So you know how I know? I'm the <laughs> yeah, I'm right. that guy. Too. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I, I I kind of had that, you know. when I have had, had other hobbies. I was a I was a big time geocacher at the time. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's a whole nother conversation, but it, it's, you use multimillion dollar <laughs> satellites to find Tupperware in the woods. Um, and so my, you know, my wife just looked at it. She's all, well, okay. They're them in, like I said, they weren't expensive, but they, you know, to get started off, you have to buy a transmitter and receivers and motors and batteries and servos and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so, so it's, you know, it's a couple hundred dollars investment at first, right? After you get mm-hmm. the transmitter and receiver, yeah. you're, you know. However, you know, a couple pieces of foam, a couple bucks and, you know, whatever battery or motor you have laying around. And so I went home to the mm-hmm. wife and I said, I'd really like to do this. This is something I'm really interested in. And she says, okay, you know, go ahead. And so I ordered my first motor and, and tried my, well, my first transmitter, first of all, which happened to be a Turnigy G9X.
1: Hi. I was going to, I was going to ask you which one <laughs> <Yes>. that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. Turner G9X. Uh, for and and to be honest, for a, a beginner transmitter, it's phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. you get nine channels. It, it really is. It's a great beginner transmitter. Um, and I ordered a battery and my very first plane I built, believe it or not, was the Storch, the FT simple uh, FT simple
1: Storch, and. I was going to ask you, yeah, what what was your first build like? What did you... That was
2: my first build. My first RC plane I had is way back before I knew foam board could be turned into RC planes. We had our, our second child, uh, Cade. Um, mm-hmm. And he had... We we gave him one year for... Maybe he wasn't even born yet, but we, it was one of those air hogs, little whatevers. And you threw it up and yeah. it would just basically... It was a powered chuck lighter, if you will, uh, more or less. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway besides that you know the Storch was my very first plane and um i'll be honest I, had, I i didn't succeed with it very well i had this guy i was at gonna work. say how did it go right it didn't go well <laughs> it really didn't and and i vowed because i'm this is my personality i vowed I'd, I'd never give up on a plane well i gave up on the storage um <laughs> oh, without <boy. laughs> without my friend at work or the guy i worked with um yeah. I couldn't get on the ground. I mean, he'd get off the ground and in the air and I'd take the controls and I'd be fine. But I could, I only ever got it off the ground myself like once or twice. And so I was like, this is just not okay. the plane for me. So then I started building the, the flight test tiny trainer and why I was building that And I guess why I was building the storage for that matter, me and my wife were all, you know, it's foam board. This thing's never going to get off the ground it's never going to fly. You can't Mm -hmm. turn a flat sheet of material into something that actually flies. And so, um, and so anyway, we, 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 it did. And my first couple flights with the, you know, I followed the the beginner series and, you know, I'd chuck it and try to glide, glide it down and land it and chuck it again and glide it down, and land it. And I remember being outside my house. So my house is on a cul-de-sac and the person across the street is their side yard. And <laughs> they have a lot more grass there. And so that's where I first started. I sh- I, I mean, I, I should have yep. known better, but um, I'd chuck it there and let it glide down and, and voila, you know, okay, I got this. And then finally I got up the nerve to turn the battery on, or turn the motor on. And I, I, I think...
1: Wait, in the neighborhood? No, no, <laughs>
2: no. Okay. no, 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 no,
1: <laughs> no. Okay, because I'm like, oh, okay, so you're like, on his house, you're like, go, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. What, what happened? <laughs> Actually, I can't, right? I can't wait to hear this one. <laughs>
2: I, I can tell you, I did do it in the neighborhood at one point.
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, that didn't... <laughs> not advised. No, not, not advised at all. But For all was, of us...
1: For you listening... Do not do that, this. It's probably not the best. No. Yeah.
2: And I was stupid, and I chucked <laughs> it in the neighborhood, and... And it was – because I live in a cul-de-sac and there's kind of another cul-de-sac-ish off to the side where there's a vacant lot. And they're not very big lots. Okay. I mean maybe, maybe a quarter to a half acre. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Sure, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can just it's put this up. It's good enough to be in trouble with. Well, I was – I think I came home for something. We were at a party and I came home and I'm like, I got to get
1: my fix in. <laughs> and so <laughs> I just chucked it. <laughs> <laughs> so so wait, are you saying – you're? would you qualify yourself as a foam board – is oh, that's kind of an understatement i think i,
2: I, <laughs> I think I, I can't see beyond hobby. it at this point
1: <laughs> i know right <laughs>
2: no anyway so another story kind of a side story i did do that in my neighborhood ended up tanking it into the concrete luckily i know better now i should have never done it because if i'd hit a car or window or house or mm-hmm. whatever but <laughs> i, know, I right? thought oh i gotta get my fix so, okay that was a tiny trainer by the way so anyway
1: okay so, so you took this tiny turner when you first turned on the motor, you took it out to field or whatever it was. How, what was your experience with that? Um,
2: probably like most people's experience, the plane went up and down and up and down, and it was not a smooth flight whatsoever, but <laughs> I got it in the air. And I had a little experience, um, this was before I knew simulators existed, um, I had a little experience with, you know, when my, I took this, the Storch up, my buddy at work, he... You know, would fly it around and and right. I'd grab the controller and fly it around for a little bit. So I kind of knew the basics, but
1: man, I... And you know what it was supposed to do.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination. But I have a video of that first flight and I'll have to go back and find it. But man, I was ecstatic because I was flying around yeah. our local uh, field. I still fly at to this day, uh, our, our local um, uh, junior high and... Man, it just, it just, it was, you know, it was like every race flight. You're too, I didn't have any expo set up. So it's, you're cranking on the sticks and the the plane's Mm. going up and down and up (laughs) and down and up and down. And, but I was in heaven. I was in the air. And it just is, it's one of those feelings that you're like, I did it. Oh my gosh. It actually flew. I took this $2 airframe and it's in the air. And mm-hmm. it was, it's, yeah. it, I love that experience, that, that aha moment when you see someone new fly. And I don't know if you guys, yeah. Joe, I'm sure you've had this, you, you
1: get your first plane in the air and you're just like, man, this is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what happened with the Delta. It was a mess, but he looked at me like, get the glue out. <laughs> Let's <laughs> do it again. <laughs> and It's it's a hot mess, but and it wasn't pretty, but it was, it was so cool. And. So is is that where you say you'd catch you caught the bug, or do you, do you was it something else that you're like, oh yeah, I am so oh yeah, it, it was all down da- like it, I was already kind of excited, but dang, I'm never going. It back. was all
2: downhill from there. <laughs> 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 it really was. <laughs> and since then, I I'll be honest, I I built go, oh, I would dare say I have built hundreds of tiny trainers. I, no, not a hundred, but you know, I built tons of those little things.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you've been you've been building a lot of planes. Uh, At what point did you start designing planes?
2: Uh, skins or planes themselves?
0: I guess I should add uh, planes themselves.
2: Okay, so the skins kind of came along in the middle of me designing, uh, well, building just building planes and build and designing airframes, uh, they kind of came in the middle of there, but my, uh, it was, God, it was a year, No, that no, though it had to be two years ago. So we, the Hangar RC launched officially, um, uh, March 5th of, um, 2019.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, so we, we officially launched March 5th of 2019 and, that's when, and we had already had a year before then, when we were designing and you know trying to go through this whole concept of we can you know offer these planes to people that we're designing, and so I guess it was in I guess March of some time of 2018 is when I really started realizing that oh hey you know I can I can design an airframe which is a weird concept to me because I like I'm not tr- I'm not a Rocket scientist. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I'm I'm just an average guy that designs that loves to build airframes air airplanes, and uh, um and so I realized that you know if I could pick a design and, and kind of with the vulture it was my first design, and mm-hmm. I went out there and did some research on what type of airframe I wanted to build. Because I'm like, I'm seeing all these cool jets. I'm seeing, and I knew I wasn't there yet. I'm seeing all these cool, you know, all these airframes. So I had to pick something simple. And I went down the rabbit hole, like we all do on the internet, about the golden era of RC flight. Back when they used to have the competitions to see how high your plane would go. And they would lose... Frames up over mountains and stuff. (laughs) And so I got looking at those designs and I'm like, those are really cool. Um, Just because I I kind of am a a sucker for vintage stuff. Like, I guess not necessarily vintage stuff, but vintage design, being a graphic designer. Um, I love designing vintage logos and whatnot. So I started looking at these old vintage planes. I'm like, those are really cool. And then once I learned that they all basically had polydihedral and they were flew basically hands off. I'm like, that's the airframe for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I Mm -hmm. I started doing some research on this one particular airframe that I really, really liked, um, called the buzzard bombshell. And it was an old, uh, stick and tissue plane, you know, it was old, uh, balsa and tissue paper plane or whatever they cover them with. Mm -hmm. And and I really liked the looks of it and I'm like, man, that's a rad plane. And so I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to convert that to foam board. So, with a lot of research and and uh, a, a three view of the uh, buzzard bombshell that I found on Google, the rest is history. And thus we have the vulture.
0: Nice with a couple different skin attachments. Yes, three to be exact. Yes. Mhm. So when it comes
1: to like building airplanes and and different parts of this hobby. Um, what what would you say your strongest piece is? Like for me, I, I think would be either the design aspect or or the build. I'm not the strongest pilot, and there's like electronics are, are like my nemesis. You know what I mean? Right. But all, all the stuff leading up to that point, <laughs> I'm good. I'm with, good right. with. It's all the stuff after that.
2: <laughs> eh. All the all the important stuff. <laughs> No, I, I but that's just yes me. I I'm the same way. I think I don't classify myself as an as an amazing pilot. Um I enjoy the heck out of it, but I'm not I'm not necessarily um an amazing pilot. Uh, as far as the the build, I like I I have grown to love scale flight. I okay. love designing scale airframes. I love when you put up an airframe and it just looks it looks scale in the sky. It looks amazing. And I really guess I like to fly scale as well because I enjoy just getting up there and having a nice relaxing flight it makes me really nervous. when I'm booking around the sky and 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 it's fun. It's an adrenaline rush, but I, that's why I love the vulture so much. It just like hands off flying. It's just relaxing. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. And most scale birds are fairly relaxing, right? They're, they're not flying a hundred miles an hour or you're not trying to do a uh, 3D type of stuff or, or, or you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm totally a scale guy.
1: Okay. Um, so, at what point did you start deciding you wanted to add graphics to the flight test planes? Uh, again, because that's what you were starting with, yes, right? Yes, yes. Um, for sure. And all
2: credit goes to Josh Bixler and, and Flight Test because if it weren't for them and my uh, co-worker, I would not be in this hobby and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. So, Props mm-hmm. to those guys. Right.
1: Um, yeah, you wouldn't have went to the local hobby store and said, yeah, I'd like to drop $600 on something that may or may not work for me. no. <laughs> no
2: right.
1: My wife would divorce me if I came back and said, yeah, I just blew 600 bucks
2: <laughs> at the hobby shop. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just crashed it yeah. too. I think I'm yeah, done.
2: <laughs> you know, like, Three-second flight, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah,
1: exactly right. So anyway, so yeah, but so... Uh, Go, I'm sorry, no, go ahead.
2: Uh it, It's good. So what being a graphic designer, you know, and I like I said, I'm a scale guy. I just wasn't satisfied with the plain white foam board planes. I was just like, first of all, I my very first tiny trainer I built, I painted with rattle cans, um, say it with Krylon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I actually painted it just like the tiny trainer in the episode when they um, the very first one that flight tested the episode about the tiny trainer. So it was a red and silver wing and, and whatnot. But, um, and I've used, I'm, I've painted with rattle cans a ton in my life, but it's just not a fun experience, you know, light coats, dry, another coat dry. And I usually end up rushing the process and I get drips or runs or oversaturate the foam. And I, I just wasn't happy with it. And plus it didn't look I couldn't replicate the type of graphics I knew that I was capable of. I mean, I know how to airbrush, but who has time for that? Right?
1: Right. Right. And so, uh, well, if you love it, oh, I mean, for some people for love sure. it. And and and, they're, they're, and they've got serious oh, talent with it. I'm like, "Whoa, you did what? With What major oh, skill out there for sure." <laughs> it just, you know. Right, but if you're if you're like me and not that guy,
0: I, or if I, you're I'd like I'd me and project. willing to put in a little bit of time, but not for the minute details, you grab a can of spray paint
2: right and i'm and and for something that potentially could last three seconds in the air, no, I'm not that guy, <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, I, so I
0: go ahead, <laughs> no, no, um, go ahead, so you said so anyway, continue, <laughs> so anyway, um I was uh
2: I decided I'm like I'm a graphic designer, I can design these skins, and this was before I knew and. Maybe I was just dumb or whatnot, but it was before I knew that guys like Rasterize were actually doing these types of things, you know? But I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can do this. This is going to be easy. I have all the equipment. I'm a graphic designer, for crying out loud. And so I designed my first tiny trainer skin. Mm -hmm. Um, And I designed it like an old-fashioned warbird. I mean, it had pipes coming out. They were all graphical. They weren't actual pipes. had all the rivets. It had you know, caution signs where little caution things saying caution hot where the motor exhaust would be or where the motor would be or any hot part. It had little doors, it had numbers on it, it had the Air Force graphic on it. I mean, it, it was all decked out. And I posted a couple pictures of it online and people started going nuts. And I'm like going, wow, that's that's something. And I'm like, that's cool. So um, my next attempt is I was trying to get another one of my friends into the hobby which uh, we will call limited success. But I designed him a tiny trailer trainer that's uh, the skin for it and built it for him. And I don't think it's ever seen the air. It's never gotten off the ground. And so um, I started doing these and then my son, he's a big Seattle Seahawks fan. And so I designed another tiny trainer with some custom wing tips and a custom nose on it. That um, is a Seattle Seahawks design and I it's eat. it's really cool. It, I don't think it's ever gotten off the ground either. It's more of a hanger queen and it's just <laughs> in yeah. his in his bedroom hanging on the wall. But uh, it has all the electronics in it. There's nothing stopping <laughs> us from putting it in the air.
1: It, you know the the logos for like I I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but the the logos for the Seahawks and the Eagles lend themselves to be part of some plane somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons They're why just, I did it. Excellent.
2: And there, there, and it is, nice. and I've had numerous peach. Oh, can I have that? I'm like, eh, you know, I really don't want to be sued by the NFL. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. We're not commercially releasing really no. <laughs> But no thanks.
2: Anyway, so, and then I got. Uh,
1: but I know. I know again. Yeah, no, just kidding. No. Anyway, so go ahead.
2: And so I, I started to design these skins for flight test planes. Um, the next one I started working on was a green like like green screen green marvel mm-hmm. versus uh dc comics uh ft Explorer because in the meantime Ooh. i had built the ft Explorer and i loved it my kids loved it because it was a great plane yeah. to drop parachutes from and they love chasing after the parachutes so
1: it's a very versatile airframe absolutely
2: frame, sure. one of my favorites next to the tiny trainer um, mm-hmm. And so I started designing this Marvel versus DC. So one side of it was going to be all Marvel uh, superheroes. And one side of it was going to be DC sur- superheroes. And the reason why I did mm-hmm. it green was I was going to green screen the plane out. So all you would see is the superheroes flying around in the air.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Okay. Oh, well,
2: how'd that work out then? Uh, it hasn't yet because I've never <laughs> finished it. <laughs> well dang it Sam. i know i know i need to i really do um
1: but <laughs> that'd be fun though i'm looking it, forward to it if you it, ever do I,
2: I need to get back to it the the problem is, is i i just stopped designing i got busy with doing other my own designs
1: anyway um finally wonder woman has her invisible yeah, that's jet that's what
2: that was my exact thought believe it or not and i'm like <laughs> how cool would it be if i could if i could take it into my my video editing software and and you know, green screen out the color of the jet. I mean, all you're going to see is the superheroes. It would be kind of cool flying around. (laughs) That
3: would
1: be fun. Anyway.
2: um, Nice. And so that's kind of where I got started. It was with those, you know, tiny trainer skins and the explorer skin. And it really Mm -hmm. is where my passion and love for this hobby came in. Well, I guess my degree and my my real job, my full-time job, what I'm I'm trained in and Mm -hmm. my – passion for RC flight your
1: course came together. I was going to say your core skill set, skill set. Yes. yes. English. You need to English. Learn yes. Uh, <laughs> where it came together
2: Sorry. and that it kind of was a natural fit. Nice. And right. Thus, I'm like, man, this is cool. And people started reaching out to me about my skins and about, you know, what are you doing? How are you doing this? And, and I'm like, mm, well, if I can do this and been oh, this whole time, I was trying to develop my own plane and kind of a natural step in the hobby. And, and the vulture mm-hmm. and whatnot, yep. and I'm like, man, this is cool. This is something that that nobody out there that I know of is offering complete kits with skins attached. There's people, there's plenty, you know. Flight test offers the kits. There's guys like Rasterize mm-hmm. offer the skins, but there's right, not which a is, com- which is awesome. Complete, yes, amazing. The guy, the guys I've talked to him numerous times, he's an amazing individual and super, yeah. super talented. Yeah. But nobody's putting these two things together.
1: Right. It would be nice to just say I want that with to look like that when I'm done. Could you just make it happen? Yes. Like bring bring let send it yes. here and that's so that's that's essentially what the hangar RC kind of does. I mean, you have your own plane plane designs. Um, at least that you have through the company. Correct. And then with that, they always, you know, if you buy a kit, they, they come with a skin. Is that how it is? Or you, can you just, how, how how should somebody? No,
2: you can definitely buy all our,
1: what can they yeah, expect?
2: All our kits comes with skins, but we also will sell just, we we do sell just the the skin. they call it a skinless kit. They can, right. people can definitely buy it without the, the skin, just the laser cut foam board. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, and can you order the skin separately without the foam board? Like if you want to basically uh, take the PDF and cut it out and do that part, the hard part on your own, and then order your skins to, to make it look like it Absolutely. Should.
2: We have skin what we call skin kits available, um, and they can Perfect. definitely order just the kit. And we've had numerous people do that, where they're ordering just the skin, and they prefer to you know cut download the free plans and cut out their... And the, the skins match up okay. to the free plans, obviously. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely an option.
1: Okay. Um, so what, what models do you have available uh, on the store right now? I know that's going to change through time. But... Yes,
2: currently. And I know we've been around for about a year and a half now. And But um, we're trying to make some very, uh, I guess, strategic uh, moves. We're not trying to rush into things. We're making sure we have all our ducks in a row. But currently we have three models available. We have the okay. Vulture. Um, the HRC-7, which is modeled at the, sorry, the Vulture is modeled after a, a, a buzzard bombshell. Um, mm-hmm. The HRC-7, which is modeled after the full-scale real airplane, the Vans RV-7. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother story. Maybe we can get into it a little bit later, but it's, it's kind of cool how that whole story yeah. came about. And then we have our latest airframe uh, called the Wasp, and it's a a kind of a jet style it's a prop driven but it's it's a it's a jet style aircraft it's modeled after an fa-18 hornet
1: well oh, nice and it seems to me uh when i was looking at the different skins um the wasp you've taken a good deal of time to get the like great detail and the, and when i say great detail i'm talking like panel lines and rivets and things like that is that is that true yes
2: absolutely it's a it's it's a painstaking design process, but it's it's well worth it. And yes, you do get panel lines, you get um, you get the rivets, you get you know a lot a of, lot of details that you would never get if you're using a rattle can.
1: Yeah, exhaust uh, dirt, as it were, and things yes, like that, exhaust right? the
2: the black yeah. of the exhaust coming back or or whatever. Yes, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, now, so do you? Now, do you design the planes yourself, all of them, or is it uh, – how, how do you do the plane designs? So um,
2: I've designed one – I've designed the Vulture. That's my design. Uh, but there's no way I could do this alone. So I've reached out to some of the best designers around the country um, here in the United States and partnered – I guess partnered more or less with them and have them allow me to release – their airframes as a hanger kit, much like what flight test does with their community builds. Um, mm-hmm. That's what we've done is we've partnered with these, these um, designers and they are releasing um, their airframes exclusively through the Hangar RC. Nice.
1: Nice. And so, uh, so when you get the design, uh, do you, do they come with skins like do they, do they have a, a skin example for you or do you – is that where you kind of take it and make it hang RC as it were?
2: Yeah, it's a it's – that's where we take our creativity and um, make the skins. Typically they don't come – in fact, none of them have come with, with skins. But we work very closely with designers. Um, we call them our designers. Um, we work closely with them so that they can have input on what type of skins – we do so. Um, for example, uh, for example, uh, Rick Harlan, who designed the Wasp, he really loves the Blue angel skin on the mm. F-18 Hornets, and so we we you know worked with him and we designed the skin that represents the the Blue Angels. And w- what's cool about our process and our manufacturing process is we can customize. A skin very easily so for example with the wasp and you if you order a wasp skin kit or just a regular quick kit um, you can actually order any one of the eight uh, blue angel skins so you can order number one through eight depending on which is your favorite blue angel skin
0: can you take us through the process of a build coming to your attention going through the the build phases to you're designing the skin for it to it's uh, it's ready to go and kind of give some insight into the amount of time start to finish on a, on a individual plane sort of average. For sure. For sure. Yeah.
2: Um, and that's interesting. You ask that because it is a process and we do have a process in place. Um, typically, what happens is uh, obviously, and I've, I've gathered an amazing team of designers from around the country, and they are amazing. They really are. They come up with some great ideas, and and we collaborate um, with them on a pretty much a daily basis. Um, and what they do is we kind of go over what airframes they're interested in, because not only my, you know, I I do what I, I want to put out planes that obviously people want, but it's, you know, what are the, what are they interested in? What are, what are they... Because they're in the hobby. They're doing this stuff. They're doing it on a daily basis. So what do they want? Mm-hmm. And so we sit down and we talk about, you know, what airframes do you want? And then we talk about what the market wants, what the market demand is. You know, so we've noticed this plane is is, is a hot topic right now out there in the interwebs or whatever. And so then um, we sit down and we have those all listed out. And then we go out there and once they have completed their first build which is the very first alpha build they usually and they've already flown it they know how it flies and I kind of look at that footage and talk to them and and then we do some uh, strategic market analysis we put the plane out there to strategic people and um, people that are really big into the hobby and get their thoughts on it and that's kind of how we determine what excuse me our next plane is going to be so and then once we get that down, we we have a couple of alpha builders who build the very first ones and they do an amazing job. And we make sure the plane is fairly solid um, before we send it to our beta team. And we have a, ba- a group of beta builders and they are absolutely amazing. They are always up for a challenge of a new plane and they have to be because it's it's quite a quick turnaround. We, we try to keep our planes at a fairly quick uh, timeframe so we can get them to market. Um, and then our beta team beta tests them and they go through the whole process. They go through, you know, d- the, the, stitching, the plans together, um, building the airframe at this beta point, the skins aren't necessarily done. And so they're just mm-hmm. beta building and beta testing the plans themselves. And they're making
1: sure the plans are solid and the plane flies. Yes, well.
2: absolutely. Um, and they give okay. us little tweaks here and there. We we have been, I guess, fortunate that we haven't run into anything major, but um, we do we do ferret out some of those you know little things. Maybe this could be a little bit stronger, or this could be a little bit wider. Or, you know, extend this piece out a little bit, or maybe it's tail heavy, whatever it may be. So they ferret it out, and then from there, um, while it's in beta, is while we are working on skins and we do the skins, we we design them and i'm kind of i guess if you will the final beta tester um and typically when i build the airframe first there's already been multiple people who have built it including our beta team and sometimes we'll leak those out and sometimes we won't um Mm -hmm. and that really has a lot to do with uh you know how we want this airframe to come into the the rc world and and so, so sometimes you'll see little leaks out there, little hints, little Easter eggs, which are kind of fun. Um, I love. I'm a big, uh, a big uh, Pixar fan, so I love the Easter eggs. And so we try to throw out some Easter eggs and, and mm-hmm. try to throw some of our our viewers and our our part, members of the squadron a bone occasionally. Um, and so, after that process of the process of the skins being done, I usually build build mine, and I usually build probably two or three or four of the airframes so that I can get all the marketing material we need for the different skins. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I have planes floating around my house galore, and I've given them away (laughs) to local hobby shops to display (laughs) on, to put on display and whatnot. So it's kind of (laughs) crazy. One part of the hobby I never planned for, having a million (laughs) airframes all around my house. (laughs) Yeah, right? So after that, um, obviously we have a... After the skins are done, we know that it flies well. Everything's ferreted out. Um, We have a, uh, and we're ready to go to market. We have, we send it to manufacturing. um, And then we have a, uh, a, I guess, a pre-sale period where people can pre-order the kits. And then they will receive the kits first before we uh, release the plans. So the people who support us by purchasing a kit are able to build and fly a specific airframe that they pre-ordered before anybody else can get their hands on the the free plans
1: all right so what kind of time does that take from beginning to finished product what are we looking at so the time frame it typically takes to push
2: a uh, product from conception all the way through ready to be released it really varies but typically we like to maintain between a month and a month and a half from the time it gets out of beta to the time it's ready to be shipped. Um, a lot of that's changed recently with the current uh, events that's happening around the world, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, with COVID and the, our manufacturing process. Uh, typically, uh, we, you know, we're outsourcing the, the kits, the foam board cutting, the laser cutting of the foam board. And so uh, during COVID, we, we, our manufacturing facility shut down completely. They weren't able to manufacture anything, and that really put a, a cramp in our style. And so we decided, you know, we've got to change something so that this doesn't happen again, because we don't want um, the fans of the Hangar RC and members of the squadron and people who support us to have to wait for an airframe that we've already hyped up on, you know, on social media and on the Internet and, and you know, about this airframe. We don't, we don't want them to have to wait for it. And that's, Mm -hmm. and we, we got together and we started talking about what can we do to make sure this doesn't happen again in the future. And so we are actually in process right now, um, of bringing our laser cut foam board manufacturing in house. Um, it's, it's, it's really cool because we've learned a lot and we're, we're, um, still learning, but it's, it's a nice thing to be able to be do to do because it's going to speed up the process. Uh, exponentially across the board instead of now mm-hmm. me ha- hand cutting out, you know, the, the beta builds to make sure that they're final. Now I can mm-hmm. just run out to the lasers and rip one off. And so it hopefully will speed up our process and our ultimate goal. Um, and we haven't hit this so far, but we're, this is our ultimate goal is to be able to release, um, one airframe per month, um, we're not there yet, and I don't think we're going to be there for a little bit, but that's our ultimate goal we want to get as many airframes out to the community as we can.
0: That is an I admirable
2: like goal. I
1: like what I'm hearing. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good luck. <laughs> a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> that's going to be quite the undertaking. Yeah, that's but, okay. Though.
2: Yeah, so bringing Good. the manufacturing in-house is
1: really going to push us towards that goal. Excellent. Uh so for us, that kind of brings us to the questions that we had for you and for the Hangar RC. Um, but I know that you may have some things you want our listener to know. And and uh, you may, I mean, maybe maybe our listeners get to hear a little bit of something coming down the pipe. I know you've shared a couple little things with me. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited for what's coming. Uh, I don't know if you could share with some of our listeners uh, what uh, what they could get excited about.
2: So the first one that we've got coming down the pipeline and it's going to be our next release and we've already posted pictures of it on our social media. Um, We we haven't posted Mm -hmm. very many. So if you've been following us on Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, you may have seen it already. Um, Some of our beta builders, once again, we give our beta builders and the designers, sometimes we say, okay, you can post stuff about this. And sometimes we say, "Eh, just hold off, you know. Keep it quiet. So Mm -hmm. um, once again, Easter egg out there. But... So the, our next uh, airframe that's coming down the pipeline that we're gonna, it's gonna be awesome, is we are releasing a, uh, a T6 Texan. So mm, oh, people,
1: a lot of people love that. It's airframe. an
2: amazing airframe. The HRC Texan's coming down the pipeline, and it's gonna be coming down pretty quick. So um, Good. keep your eyes out for that. It's it's an amazing airframe. It's it's designed by an amazing designer, Jared Rottenberger. He's Uh, he's amazing. He really is. He, Mm -hmm. the scale detail is going to be immaculate. Um, We're actually working with uh, a designer from South Africa and he's going to be designing one of our skins. Um, This is the first Mm -hmm. time we've ever worked with an outside designer for their skins. And um, it's, it's just, it's, it's really going to be a really cool airframe. Um, Nice. So that's, that's kind of that's what's coming next in our, you promised us oh, two. Oh, two. What's the ooh, second? What's the ooh, second? What can I give you? What can I give you? Oh, yes. Um, I'm also, and this is the first time we've ever said anything about We've hinted at it. If you look at our last build video, hint, hint, um, you'll see it in the background. But I'm excited to announce that we are collaborating with two of... Probably, I would say, next to Josh Bixler, I would say probably two of the most prominent people in the foam board genre of RC. Mm Okay. Dan Sponholes and. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) suggest. Yes, of course. The man, the legend, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the myth, the legend. Yeah. Um, And with uh, Rasterize, Mm Stephen Rosmera. I probably butchered his last name i apologize um and we are going to release the hrc sidewinder oh mm.
1: yeah those skins are really good looking you gave me a sneak peek and i'm i, I almost want to get the plane just for this because the skins are going to be out of sight yes they're
2: they're i mean they're amazing uh rasterized steven's done an amazing job he really has um, mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be four skins, I think with those. And one of them was designed by me. The other three were designed by, by Steven. It, it, it's going to be so cool. If you don't know what the side, the sidewinder mm-hmm. is, go look it up. It's on the flight test forums. Um, Dan's done numerous mm-hmm. things with it. It's, it, it's a, a lot of people love the plane for, um, uh, battle combat. And it, the plans yep. are out there right now on the FT forms, but we are going to be kidding it with skins and it's it's going to be awesome. So the cool thing about this airframe, and all, this is what we, uh, when I got together with Dan and with Steven about, we when we got together, we wanted to do something where we could give back. Um, so what we're doing with this airframe, and we haven't worked out all the details yet, so you're kind of getting an insider look here. Um, we are going to have all the proceeds from the sales of the skins or sorry, of the kits. And I guess the skins at that matter, cause we will offer the skins separately, but all the proceeds, uh, okay. will go to, we will be ge- doing, uh, I guess, scholarship or sponsorship, a uh, sponsorship program so that people can apply more, can more or less apply and, get those funds for their local RC club or for schools and STEM programs. Okay, so okay. as we, when I founded the Hangar RC, we've always wanted to give back. And there's been, there's really been, um, two groups of people I've really wanted to give back to. Um, first of all, my mom's an educator and I've always been really big into education. I was a Dean of a graphic art program for about four years, four and a half years, And I've always wanted to give back to the education sector Um, and through the STEAM program. And I think what flight test is doing with our STEAM program uh, or STEM program, I think it's STEAM now because they've added arts in there. Anyway, I think it's amazing what they've been doing. And so we've always wanted to give back to, to that uh, group of people and to, and get our, get programs in schools. And this is one way we can do it. The other group of people we've always wanted to give back to is veterans Um, There's a lot of veterans who fly RC. There's a lot of veterans in our hobby, and those are the two main groups of people that um, we've wanted to give back to. And as the Hinger RC, we've actually Mm -hmm. donated quite a few airframes to local clubs Um, when they do their the raffles. To you know, one of our local clubs here in Northern Utah just repaved their runway at their fly field. At their at their fly field, paved runway. (laughs) It's so it's so nice. nice. Uh, and so we want to be able to sponsor or have those uh, local RC clubs and their flight fields, um, you know, apply to receive some of these funds. So when we get a, a certain amount of, of money in the pot, I guess, if you will, from the sales of the HRC winder, then we will go mm-hmm. out and people can submit applications to us. And like I said, we haven't worked through the details yet and they'll be able to apply for these this specific amount of funds. So just kind of a way we can give back to
1: the community. That's nice. Uh, It's a good way to engage uh, people who will be future RCers maybe. Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely.
2: All right. So the other thing I'm really excited about, it's like I said, we got tons going on here. It's it's, it's a madhouse. But we have been working diligently with some people on the RC group forums that have very generously offered to – put our models into a couple of the major simulators. Um, uh, the first one is Phoenix RC. And as of mm-hmm. this episode, they should all be up on the RC groups forms. All our models mm-hmm. are available to this day. The vulture, the a wasp and the seven are all currently up on the RC uh, groups forms. And I, I have to give a shout out to Rick P. He, that's who he goes by on the forums. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing programmer, developer. He's the one that's taken the bull by the horns on this one and and gotten our airframes uh, with all their varying skins, mind you, right, into oh. Phoenix RC
1: Simulator. Yeah, so you I, that's why I nice. first saw the, your Sidewinder on there. I saw them kind of hinting at that, and I was like, "Oh, look at that!" Ooh, you know those Easter
2: eggs that I love, right? I know. <laughs> so yes, the Sidewinder is there. Oh, I forgot the Sidewinder is there. The Vulture, mm-hmm. the Seven, and the the Wasp. They're the wasp. all there and he's going he's committed to continue to bit put all of our airframes into that platform so you can go okay. to the even though phoenix rc has been discontinued you can still download a full version of it um the company's uh gone belly up i guess but they the, it's community supported now so you can go in and download oh, cool. any of the r RFra- airframes, the r frames you can go in and download any of the airframes and and Come to pr- practice them and fly them and learn how they fly before you um fly your own. So it's really, really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, The other one that we are doing is we are, our airframes, they're not up yet. We're still working on it. Um, We're working with another community member, another member of the squadron on getting our airframes into real flight.
1: Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. yeah, Very nice. I
1: I remember looking into it and going real flights a lot harder to get things into real flight uh, or Phoenix seems to have its own kind of builder, but uh, I think we, we didn't even really cover that in our sim episode, but no. um, yeah, that was it. It's cool. I'm I'm excited to actually see it in both platforms, really, because they're they're both great to work. Yeah, with. Mm.
2: super excited to announce that, and I'm I'm assuming you guys will put a link down to to the yeah. to the give page. us a
1: link and we'll make sure it's there.
0: Yes,
2: I will. It's in my notes actually,
1: but cool. yeah,
0: great, fantastic.
2: Cool. Well, thank you. Sorry, I had to get that in because they've worked really hard to get those up before this episode. So
1: don't apologize for people doing good work. <laughs>
2: nice. Did I get your two reveals in?
1: Yes, you did. <laughs> got it. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's sense. gonna be fun. We got, a lot.
2: and and on top of that, guys, we really do have a lot of airframes coming down the pipeline. We. I mean, man, I can't even count how many we have, but we've got a lot of really cool stuff coming. We've got a lot of real fun stuff coming. So stay tuned, you know, sign up for, or log into our social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, subscribe to us, like us, because we're always throwing stuff out there and kind of giving you sneak peeks of of what's coming up.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be sure to have links uh, to all that in the show notes. (laughs) Uh, So... People can find that and find you and go check you out. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we're reaching the lightning round uh, part of this interview, which uh, Matthew kind of, yeah, <laughs> Matthew kind of came up with this when he did his first interview with uh, Alan Hayes a good number of episodes back, uh, but it's going to be a series. So if of... you're
1: a good listener, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine.
0: Uh so it's it's simply a series of this or that questions, um, and this time because we're doing this with you, we'll be trading it back and forth. Matthew, you want to start it off?
1: Sure. Ball foam All the way.
0: Wing or plane?
2: Well, plane for sure.
1: Park fly or club fly?
2: club fly? <laughs> um, park fly.
0: World War One, World War Two, or experimental?
2: Ooh i would say world war ii
0: scratch or ready build
2: scratch build all the way
0: loctite tube color red or blue (laughs) blue red
2: red red. pen or pencil oh man you can't ask an artist that question we just did (laughs) um both (laughs) <laughs> okay, stand or sit. I would love to stay stand, but I spend most of my day sitting.
0: I'm more me. I'm more meant during a flight.
2: Oh no, stand, stand all the way.
0: Yeah. Okay. Pinch your Pinch
2: or thumb. Thumb eighty three percent of the time. Okay. Maybe 30. I don't know where I came up with that number. Maybe seventy three. <laughs> I don't know.
0: All right. And now for the good one. Peanut butter, creamy or chunky?
2: Chunky all the way. My wife hates chunky.
1: If you have <laughs> <laughs> If you add fluff, does it change your answer? No. Okay. All right. Good. Interesting. That's the right answer. <laughs> there is a
0: right answer to the uh, last one. I love one.
1: it. That's I for sure. I love it. <laughs> nice.
0: All right, so moving into the the second part of the meat of this episode, which is the review section on the Vulture and the Seven, and just to reiterate, kind of mentioned it before, but Sam, you sent us the the kit with the skin for the Vulture and Seven, you sent the Seven to Matthew, the Vulture to me, to build and see and experience the process and then do a review on it, Uh, and that's what we're doing here. For sure. Uh, So... You know it was nice. We were able to see the tracking information. So, so both of us were sitting there watching that tracking like, when's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? We're, we're looking forward to Anticipation's this. Anticipation's killing um, me. It is. It is. Um, I was, I was, uh, pleased to see that, you know, the it wasn't damaged during shipping. Not a whole lot you could have done about that, regardless, other than like if the box itself was damaged, you'd packaged enough, uh, stuff inside it to keep it safe on the way. Um, and then mm-hmm. you know, opening the box, there was the kit looking good. Um, opening up the package, getting the getting all the parts out. Now it was sort of like layered between. You had the foam board and then a, a skin sheet, and the foam board and the skin sheet. Um, and I think we kind of talked about uh, because you're outsourc, you have been outsourcing the laser cutting of it. Uh, there was some, uh, there was a bit of a, a foam melt from the edges. That uh, went into all that, um, and it could be the angle of their laser, the 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 burn speed they were going at. Um, I ended up with some parts that just basically wanted to fall out of the foam board, so I just had to be mindful as I was pulling stuff out. Like, let's let's make sure these these parts aren't falling and getting getting damaged. But you know, the popping out as expected, pop them out, crack them, uh, pull the sections out. And I followed your I followed your build video. Um, you yeah, I'd watched it before and I was trying to watch sections of it as I went through. Um, the, the skinning process. So I, so I'd built with this like, kit before, um, uh, my, my father in law's, um, simple cub. And if it basically follows that process is, you know, what you'd expect in a, in a kit. Um, what then was different in the process was the skinning aspect, which, um, you know you've got videos on how to skin the plane right uh and you then you do the skinning during during your build video um so once i got past the initial mistake in uh, <laughs> my skinning process which is to say uh right there on on our last build night was when i was uh starting this this process i popped the fuselage out and pulled the skin off uh and i uh, right before build night I gone by and picked up, got, gone by Lowe's, picked up some uh 3M super heavy duty, like I got the heavy duty 90 stuff, like my wow. skin's not coming off <laughs> <laughs> and peeled the paper off and you know I would watched the video but it didn't stick with me and I read the instruction on the back of the can. so I, like, I want to make sure I got all this one. and again this is on me not, not a nature of the, the product that you're, that you're shipping but uh it's a, you know for best adhesion, spray on both surfaces, allow t- to tack, and then place them together. And so, of course, Sneak oh yeah, that one. makes sense. <laughs> and shot it straight across that, shot it straight across that foam, and just watch that foam melt and curls. Oh, why well, could So, like, hindsight, I wish I had started with the uh, the vertical or horizontal stabilizer, a smaller, less complicated piece than the fuselage. Right. <laughs> um, to have done that mistake on because I ended up spending the rest of the build night uh, printing the tile plans and recutting that fuselage. Isn't that the um, beauty of
2: foam board though? I mean, really? It
0: is. It is. So w- having gotten past that mistake and yeah, you know, I'd reached out to you. I was like, Oh, and you said, well, you know, graciously did you watch the, the skinning video, go watch it. Cause you weren't supposed to do that. And I said, you know what? You're yeah. right. Um, And I ended up picking up different, like some, actual Loctite spray adhesive because the stuff I got is something to make note of. Like that 3M is like, oh yeah, he- super heavy duty. It it was shooting out like cobweb. Like it was just thick yeah. splotches spitting out. Like go, go for a, a lighter duty spray adhesive. We've also um, found um, just so, so you know, the,
2: gorilla, the uh, gorilla glue, I guess it would be spray also comes out that way unless you keep a really clean nozzle. So just for your mm-hmm. noobs out there, when you're skinning something, make sure any, any spray glue will work, but just make sure that, that, you know, keep it clean nozzle and don't spray the foam because it's the propellant actually in the, in the spray glue that actually eats the foam away. It's not the spray glue itself.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Right. And, and like I said, I I watched that stuff melt. So, you know, go for, go for more like the Loctite (laughs) or the Gorilla. Um, so got new fuselage cut out. Um, which I was like, man, this is why speed kits are nice. Um, <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so, got got it cut out, got it redone, um, and then started applying the skin. And the skin went on, uh, it, the skin went on fairly well, uh, really well, uh, in as much as like I'm trying to work the fuselage section first. I should have started with a smaller piece, like so kind of grasped the process I was like, Oh, I get the fuselage done. Rah! Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's a, it,
1: yeah. And it gets a quick, a quick yield, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like you didn't spend a little bit of time and all of a sudden you've got like a fuselage. It's yeah. huge. Yeah.
0: And it looks great. Yeah. Um, And so getting, getting a fuselage, I, I ended up with some areas like the, the central the central tail of the, the three tails of the fuselage. It was a little off center, and that there was some things I had to kind of uh, uh, finagle during the folding and putting together of the of the um, fuselage itself as I went, because things had gotten a little off center. And my cuts were a little off. Um, so uh, one thing I learned during this process of of skinning, and, and the rest of the skinning went finely. Like, once I realized, oh, don't spray the foam. The rest of the skinning went great. You just spray it, stick it on, uh, make, follow your video, and you know, spray water on the foam, peel or on the paper, peel the paper off, then you're ready to, of course, right. apply your skin. Um, and even cutting the skins out weren't weren't bad. Um, just take a slow, nice, sharp knife. Good to go. Um, what I had learned specifically from the fuselage, because I I skinned the fuselage. And then kind of called it there for several nights, right? And once I was then ready to return, and I had skinned all the other pieces, and was ready to okay, now I'm ready to form up this fuselage and get ready to go and start start building. I picked up my fuselage, and my fuselage was just super warped and you know, round, like bowed out and such like that. Um, and you and I kind of talked about it, but I think what it really boiled down to was the once i had applied the uh, skin it's a different card uh different paper thickness and weight than the rest of the paper that's in there and i could be wrong on this but sort of my impression of what happened was th- there's moisture in my house i got humidity uh we've had rain it's doing numbers on the paper again is what i took from it that it warped the mess out of it now during build, I was able to work through that, and I was worried that later in the build I was going to have more problems. But as I started bringing it all together, Matthew assured me as I brought stuff up to his place, I was continuing to build. Like As you start putting all the pieces together and start putting, like, if it's all coming together right, then it's going to come out the way it's supposed mm-hmm. to. Right. You and I had um, uh, sorry to interrupt, but
1: you and I had talked briefly about would we need to put in formers or some sort of other secondary support mm-hmm. piece to kind of reshape to pull it back that to bow out. Right, and then you finally um, you got a moment to take some pictures and show it to me, and I realized like I- I've had other foam builds some some of my own bow in that in that way. If, if you leave foam board out for long enough, it'll start to bow, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, just by itself. And so I looked at it, I'm like, oh, no, but when you finish building this, this is you know, because I would built the micro at that point. So I knew mm-hmm. there was going to be a doubler. I knew there was a piece that ran along the whole bottom and it would pull everything kind of together. So, right. um, yeah.
0: And, and I I knew those pieces were there, but I was worried that, you know, the Boeing was not going to come out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we talked about the doublers and all that. But as it all came together, it did my point to take away from that is when you go to do your skinning, my recommendation would be skin, like the, the horizontal vertical stabilizers, I didn't run into that issue because it was the same weight paper on both sides of that piece of foam. Um, But when you're ready to do the fuselage, do skin your fuselage, go ahead and start your build. Don't, don't let that fuselage sit for a couple days the way that I did. That's how I encountered it. Yeah, so once the skin got on and, you know, I started forming a fuselage and building building it and going along, like it all started coming together real nice. Um, now, I think due to me having to have redone the fuselage section uh, by hand, and Matthew will tell you from seeing my builds that, um, adjusting my mic. That I'm only uh, so great of I a mean, by the plan, doer, my a lot of my lines wind up not quite right. I'll get some crooked areas. And some of that bled over into the final of the of that fuselage. So then when I went to put my horizontal vertical stabilizer in, like it was off at a weird angle, so I had to do some trimming and shaving to get that right. Um and to get those to level out, really lay the glue to it, which Probably help with that tail-heavy, or help cause that tail-heavy nature that I was experiencing. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, even though I had watched the video, I ended up not crossing the uh, the control wires or the push rods yeah. inside. I ended up just sticking them straight to the side, so there was some... so. There, there was a little bit of a tightness of rubbing that went on as the push rods were passing through the outside of the fuselage through the top of it to go out to the control horns. And what I ended up doing there was taking some of that coffee stir and pushing it uh, up, the, up the tube through that slot mm-hmm. and then kind of put a little glue there so that it had a bit of a friction-free yes. to work there.
1: Which, which is a good, which is a good move. Um, yeah, so I, I want to say that I can't tell you, I've built some flight tests and and this, when I, I look at it, I'm like, why are they crossing the wires? And, and what ends up happening, it's a kind of a weird phenomena that when you cross the wires inside the back of the fuse, you actually reduce the stress that's happening on the servo and Mm. it travels cleaner for lack of a better way to put it, it just seems to work better. And it doesn't make any sense to me. It should go straight, but it doesn't. And it works better that way. So if you see that as a, as a new guy building your own, if you've never done it before, like please cross
0: the wires, you'll be happier. This isn't Ghostbusters.
2: Don't cross the streams.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not Ghostbusters. (laughs) Um, so yeah, there there was some some modification I needed to do on the on the back end to kind of bring it all back into shape. And uh, if I had been on the kits, the kit, if I had been using the uh, kit fuselage, then I likely would not have had those issues. But I had to kind of pull things back into square and such. And the rest of the build seemed to come together really nice, very straightforward. Uh, the the skin was beautiful. I got the black and orange. Um, skin for the the vulture, which I love to death, it it looks great uh, now that it's done. I was really when I went to put the dihedral in the wings, Matthew and I were sitting there looking. I was like, Good lord, that outer uh, (laughs) dihedral, or that it it, it was super steep. I was worried about how so just really had to lay the glue into it. Um, but overall, like the whole the whole build process aside from, um, I'm slow when i build it was a good it was a good experience i enjoyed it uh difficulties that i thought i was i was going to have in the final product ended up working out now um i ended up having to cut out a section of the bottom uh, s- uh sheet that goes down the fuselage the bottom of the fuselage because i didn't have the small battery uh that was Part of the default build for that plane i had a 1300 three cell so i had to kind of do a little modification along the bottom of the fuselage to uh get that to go to get that battery to go in where it was supposed to and then uh mounting a wing straight up simple enough um and then as far as once it was built we went out to the field we were getting ready to fly it wound up being uh fairly tail heavy which we started you know finagling I was pulling the battery forward now my 1300 I had the battery protruding out the out the nose by velcro stuck to the bottom of the power pod uh like you like you recommend to do it but even with that battery I had it shifted uh way far I think I had the the front of that battery about a half inch behind the spinning prop was how far I had to shift it forward um which could be a nature of how much glue I was laying into the back end. Right. of the plane trying to get things to about to, to glue in and be right um go ahead matthew
1: yeah I, and that's something that sam had mentioned that plane and and those planes in the early days were there was no electric motors right.
3: so mm. these were
1: all gassers and things like that so they had a really heavy chunk of metal stuck on the front so the, the, the reason why the whole nose is so short coupled um was because you were sticking a giant chunk of metal up front um right and the batteries just aren't an equivalent for that they're close um and so that's that's part of why that the balance Mm -hmm. is a lot harder to get on that model because it's mimicking the old 1930s gasser and it's just tough to make that work and you know same to the as good a job as anybody could to, to make that work, we we found Joe. What if you move the CG to where the spar is? Um, that it right. seemed to fly, so, fly good.
0: Right. So and that that was some doing to get it forward enough. Um, yeah, it's again, not easy. I, I I end up using more glue than is necessary uh, sometimes um, because I want stuff strong and secure. Uh, but where the where the indicators for the CG under the wings were sit back from the wings far. And so I had gotten it to sit fairly uh, mm-hmm. fairly balanced at that point. And that first flight I was experiencing like she just I couldn't get that nose to come on down. Mm-hmm. And I think the headwind was preventing from the porpoising. So what Matthew and I did was we brought it back down. And then had a look at it and said, and I said, look, shouldn't, should the CG be under the spar? And so we shifted, we ended up strapping some smaller batteries to the nose of that plane to move that CG on forward. And once we got it closer to where the spar actually was, uh, that's when I got the level uh, easy flying that I was expecting out of that plane. And she did fly great once we moved that CG forward. I think I think the CG markers are a, touch far, a little too far back personally, um, just the way they're printed. But I think once we got it pulled forward. And then she flew great. And Matthew and I Matthew's going to edit the videos and get them up. There were... Once we got it up in the air she and I got trimmed out and it was flying right, Matthew, I tell you, got it leveled off, got it going into the wind and... He's got a video of me hands off the hands off yeah, the stick, just head. hold it. No, look, yeah, no hands, head. ma. But yeah, you know, it was a little so bit of awesome, finagling man. to to get it there to get that front end weight. Uh, Fair enough. You know to but, get it where it needed but to be. Boy, Fair well,
1: enough. But once you do, boy, it was it was. And for a while, then, I'm like Joe, it's not a kite. Like we don't, you know, <laughs> bring it bring it back in a little, you know. And you're like, eh, I'm having fun. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So tell us about um, tell us about your impressions with the seven, Matthew.
1: Okay, um, I, I'm going to go through the kind of same discussions, but I'm, the package came much like yours. It was well packaged. The contents were in perfect condition when I opened up the big box, and then I opened up your <clears throat> open up the package itself and page through and realized it was pretty much the the sheet that went with the foam board underneath for the most part because there's there's the skin. Sometimes you have to do both sides of the skin, so they're not going to match. They up They don't always line the, up. Yeah, you no, know, right. they're not going to. But you you did as best you could to kind of line them up so that you'd see. You know, if this is the fuse sheet underneath for the foam board, the the skin that's on top of it is the skin for the for the fuse, which right. is pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> I enjoyed that. I noticed that the um, you had 3D printed parts, um, and they yes. are very strong 3D printed horns which was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed that. And the, and the firewalls were very sturdy um, and they fit the motors perfectly um, and they fit the power pod the way they were supposed to. So um, I really enjoyed seeing that. I was kind of surprised. I wasn't really sure what it was. I guess I was expecting a balsa firewall or something like that. Right. Um, so I was expecting, and so I saw that. That was pretty cool. Sure. Um yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, otherwise it was pretty much what I expected to see out of a kit. Um, the laser came through. Uh, Joe talked about the foam I have. So I compared the flight test kit because I happened that my son was building one. So I happened to have the excess foam from that. And I had just built the Spitfire, which was cut by a friend of mine who had his own laser CO2 laser cutter. So I had that foam oh, and then I had yours. So I was able to kind of compare the That's three. Cool. And yeah, it was neat. It was neat to see. And it pretty much, and and the, you know, it seems to me like whoever you had cutting it at the time, um, they were either trying to over- overburn it or do it faster, do it slower, or whatever. I, I don't know anything about lasers, so I'm talking to my butt with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a little different. They, they basically, there's extra foam melt in in the kits that w- we received. Uh, but I also know that, uh, as you mentioned, I think the lasers laser cutting is coming in-house, and you'll be able to control that better. Yeah. So that's another I'm reason sure why we're bringing in- it in in houses for quality control, for sure. Exactly. And I think with, with the foam cut, and, and I've built – those kind of kits and um, having the excess foam melt meant you were using a little extra glue than I think you probably would want to have people use on your kit. So right. um, it, that's not, it really wasn't a huge, it certainly wasn't a deal breaker. It was just something we had noticed. So I wanted to make a comparison. I've got some photos and uh, we'll see if we can awesome. share them with our, with our listeners and you. Yeah. Um, so you should have that. them. Yeah, sure. Um, There's the print quality for the skins was awesome. Uh, so mm-hmm. Sam didn't realize I we he had asked what kind of color you know because he was asking well, what do you think what would you like to have and I, I'm like I love the orange orange is my favorite color if it's orange it's good but what he doesn't know is I love orange yellow okay and I'll call it the color that he sent was pretty much the orange yellow more yellow than orange but it's not a bright yellow like a like a banana. It's more like an orangey yellow, which is like my favorite color. So you managed to pick like the best ever. Awesome. I would call the DeWalt box like DeWalt yeah. color mm-hmm. is pretty close to yeah. the color uh, of the kit. I get that. So,
3: uh-huh.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I loved it. Uh, Looked great. Um, and looking at the van, uh, the van's RV7, and all the different because that's a private kit. So you basically go you you buy the kit, you build the plane yourself. And then so usually people will kind of customize it to make it look themselves. It's not like there's a company that's building them and say, you have three options. We're going to paint it for you. They say, you yeah, well, it's yours. You do whatever the heck you want with it. And most people would come up with this design here. And I looked at a lot of different skins and a lot, of, just because of an idea of if I were to build one for myself, what would I do with it? Um, and, half of half of the existing planes that are of this model are look exactly like what you have. And it looks fantastic. I, I love what it looks like. So you did a great job with the skin in my book. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, let's see. Uh, the accuracy of the cutting was perfect. Like the, the things fit per the plan. I mean, they, they fit exactly like they should have. Um, so I didn't have any issues with any fitment. um, I'm trying to think. Um, so yeah, everything, once I started pulling it, Oh, the interesting thing about the seven uses a technique that I hadn't used before, which was, um, there's the, the spar piece, but in front of the spar, because this is symmetrical wing to ensure that it would come out symmetrical. You had formers that run along, along the length of the spar, about four per each side, and then the ends of the wings kind of taper down and kind of sweep back which is really cool. It's a beautiful look. It's something that's very attractive about the original plane. Um, and you, you, the designer you had um, that pulled this together did a great job of capturing that. And it's a very interesting, different technique to build. And it was, it was pretty fun to learn that new technique through your kit.
2: Awesome. Yeah, Kylan Brown, Browning, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Kylan Browning was the designer and he's, he's actually my only designer that's local and he's amazing. I mean, he's yeah. going to be a pilot in real life. That's what he wants to do. He flies uh, paragliders or motor power glider, whatever they call them. and, and he's amazing. Okay. And those techniques are, are are uniquely to the seven, yeah. And it's awesome. Okay, okay. So thank you.
1: Um, now, I'll admit that um, if you're used to the flight test, just basically throw a spar in there, fold the wing over, and you're done. You might not be as much a fan of this style build, but I think you'll. It's worth the reward. It's worth the little extra effort that it takes. And it's not much at all. But again, it's like a couple extra steps. And, you know, you're used to just, I just fold and go. Like, okay, well, cool. (laughs) Then you might be a little annoyed at this, but I promise you the result is worth it. Um, And then uh, the canopy. So I actually built two canopies. I built the canopy that was provided. um, And then I took that same skin or that same pattern, and I actually took a muffin tin. I had a like a, a muffin package that we bought, so the top is basically a flat clear acrylic sheet, effectively. And so I put the pattern. It happened to fit in there. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna pencil it out. I cut it out, and I cut an extra uh, base to the canopy, and I just taped it down, and it looks awesome. It does. Uh, and honestly, I think you can do that with almost any one of your kits. Um, I do like. Um, We build a Spitfire. That's another thing you can do, uh, you know, for the flight test. But like anytime there's a canopy, if you've got a little bit of, you know, plastic that's clear from, I don't know, a toy that your kid, for me, it's my kid has a bunch of toys. Maybe you have something as, or you buy a bunch of muffins and the container is a clear plastic top. Save that flat piece. You can use it to make canopies. So um, really neat. Anyway, so... I got pulled it all together. It really was a straightforward build. Uh, I talked about the landing gear, and again, I wanted landing gear after looking at the the uh, aircraft itself. Um, but more importantly, knowing that I was going to have to either hand launch this and potentially throw it in the <laughs> dirt before I realized it, which had already happened once because the prop came off right as I brought it up to speed, (laughs) the O-ring popped, right? And the propeller went wing! And then the the plane had no thrust, so it went... So, what I learned, I learned two things. Um, One, I should put landing gear on it. Two, it's a robust build. I mean, the only thing that was damaged was a little bit of a crease in the under cowl, where it landed dead on. Um, It's a sturdy build. That's the other thing. Like, I can grab this plane in almost every spot and... I'm not worried about denting it. Um, The fuselage has doublers, so it's a little thicker where it needs to be. Otherwise, it's a solid case, and I I really enjoyed that. Um, Don't spray the skin in the middle of the night so you can't see how much glue you're getting on or not on. (laughs) I had a couple spots I had to touch up. Um, So when you do it, do it in the daylight so you can see if you're actually covering it evenly (laughs) or not.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't want to know how many skins I've sprayed it. One, two in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I'm going to raise my hand to be part of that crew. Uh, okay, so uh, so then we basically, we talked about the flight earlier today. And one of the things I want to say is that I was just testing to see if it would roll across the grass. And, it, and again, this is with a full bat- battery. And before I could even like get too far, it started pulling the tail up and like just basically skimming the grass. And like Joe hadn't come over to film it yet, and and I was like, oh crap, I have to hold up, <laughs> I have to I have to wait. <laughs> We're supposed to film it. I want to I want to film this. Oh shoot! So so I kind of throttled back down, and then you know we brought it back around, and um, so it again it it's easy to fly. Um, I would say I ran. I guess I set my rates the way I have my servo horn to, uh, like uh control surface horn I try to set them at the same distance like the same distance away from the the rotation point right and it, it creates a good good throw it's usually the furthest out so it creates a pretty decent throw and I, I always put mine down to like 50 percent of whatever it was um it, it doesn't need much to work to work well um and I just had a lot of fun rolling around the sky. Like it rolled well. Uh, it it did loops. Uh, I because it was more scale in its power system. Uh, I had to kind of get a little bit of speed and kind of let it come down the hill as it were to, to get enough speed to kind of do the full loop with, with comfort. But even, even when I didn't do that, Joe, you saw that it would kind of come up and it would slow and it'd come around and, you know, it still mm-hmm. looped really well. And it was, that was a lot of fun. Um, there's plenty of room in the canopy or on the canopy. If you do the clear one, there's plenty of room inside to put, um, a camera, probably even a GoPro, uh, easily, um, Just trying to think, the it flew inverted very easily, as well as regular, because of the symmetrical airfoil, Um, Mm -hmm. and for the size, it's it fit comfortably in the back of a in in my trunk. It's uh, very similar to the say, if you built the FT Spitfire, it's almost identical size wise as far as uh, plane wingspan goes, wingspan versus length and that kind of stuff. So twelve kids in the um, car.
2: I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pretty close. Those two kids, Joe okay. and
1: a go bag. Well, you know, Joe's
2: like three kids. Yeah,
3: that's right.
1: <laughs> well, he acts like three kids. Yeah, that's, so what, that's what I was thinking. You know? Hey, now. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, yeah, so as far as the battery life, um, for, for the, I'll call it the scale system I had, I could only bring the battery down to about 3.8 volts per cell um, from 4.2. So I really kind of only eked out about half of the battery life that I probably could have gotten if I had a, probably a more engaging power system, maybe. Um, again, that's, that's on me, but I think we got about Joe, is that about five to six minutes or so out of that? So I think if we had, um, a little bit more powerful system, we probably, I probably could have gotten about 10 minutes of flight
0: out of that. Uh, I feel like would have be the case. Plus, you were you were burning that battery faster anyway because you were yeah, running it at a hundred yeah. tilt. Yeah, right. Because because the motor wasn't the the higher KV motor that I was going for. And I'll I'll interrupt here because I didn't I didn't really talk about battery life. On yeah, how did It went well. Um. So the first the first flight, and again, I'm running a thirteen hundred milliamp mm-hmm. hour. Uh, the first flight, as I was fighting that, you know tail-heavy nature, I ended up bringing it from 4.2 per cell down to about 3.9. So I've burned up sort mm-hmm. of like uh, 0.3 volt in the uh, mm-hmm. the first, you know, 5 minutes, 7 minutes of flight time. And then mm-hmm. we brought it down, kind of reworked some things. And then we got another, what, 7, 8 amount. minutes of flight time? But by yeah. that point, because we had, we had balanced it out, I was able to fly so much of it at just half throttle. And that was mm-hmm. with my more B pack motor, a nine fifty KV, um that really wasn't even quite the motor that w- that was uh designed for that. So fifty percent throttle just you know buzzing around and then set it down afterwards and check the battery and I was you know three three six, three seven. Like there was still plenty mm-hmm. of juice have- in that battery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like the Vulture the Vulture you're gonna get a ton of flight time out of. Just mm-hmm. because of the nature of that plane. Well, but we've ha- ahead, we've had people
2: 7. report over half hour flight times or pushing close to half hour flight times on that airframe. So yeah.
1: And and is that with a twenty two hundred milliamp yeah. three cell? Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that if you you know if you're building it and you've got one of those like that and so what I love about that that stat right there and it's part of what I loved about recommending the FT the the old fogey to you Joe. Um, was that's a great platform to learn on. You don't have to just fly for three minutes and go, okay, we got to bring it in and switch out everything like, no, no, give Mm -hmm. it a try. Go fly around some more. Okay. You think you got the hang of it? Try some more because there's still plenty of battery left to try and learn and test and try and try and then go, okay, I got it now. I got it. You have enough attempts to be able to really get your mind wrapped
0: around what you're trying to do. So it's great. The vulture can hang in the air. Yeah, and the vulture can hang in the air. It, it it flies so well once you get it. Once you get it balanced out, you get it up, and then you bring it down fifty percent again on a thirteen hundred milliamp, which is what I had. It just you fly for days yeah, with that thing. Yeah. It just doesn't take it doesn't take much to stay going. Wait a second, Joe. Once, wait, you, get her, once you get her trimmed out, and then she's flying great.
1: No wait, we had a thirty. So we had a fifty-five hundred or. Five hundred fifty milliamp three cell, as ballast, as well as the thirteen hundred. Heck, that's almost nineteen hundred milliamps right there, dude. If you hook those mm-hmm. together, man, <laughs> I know. If only you could have just brought it together. Anyway, no. Um, <laughs> so I guess what, what I'm what I'm saying is, uh, you get plenty of battery life out of this uh, this setup, and I, there's it's a great platform to attach gear to. There's a bunch of different locations that it was easier to do. I think probably uh, one of the bigger downfalls of this plane is that to get the structural rigidity that is going to give you a happy, durable life for the plane, you're going to have to glue the the wing into the fuse. Yeah, you have to. And it's to. the same thing you have to. Yeah. Uh, just like the, the FT... I'm looking at the Spitfire because we flew it today. Right. Um, the Spitfire is identical. Like Without the wing in... And I experienced it myself. That that thing will crack right in half, right? You know, pretty much. And and Joe got an experience of that today. But like the the without the wing, not due to that
0: reason. No, <laughs>
1: no, no, sadly no. But but I mean, without the wing, though, it's so much weaker. But by gluing the wing in, you really make a durable platform. Um, the only difference is that you can't take the wing off, so you really do need a good amount of space to transport it. Yes,
2: it, and that was the way it was it's designed. It's worth it for sure.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, you could, you could tell, but you know, when you look at the vulture, the vulture, you take the wing off and you put them side by side and it's almost like carrying a little package under your arm kind of deal. I think you referred Mm -hmm. to it earlier Um, as neat. Yeah. Yes. A very neat package. Yes. Yes. Um, And that's it. And and that's one of the things that I like about those kinds of planes is that when you take them apart and put them next to each other, you have a lot of room. Right. Um, And then I think, The other thing that I didn't like, but it's not a deal breaker at all, um, was the way the motor is mounted in this plane. It's set perfectly in there, but when it's finished up and enclosed, there's no easy way to get into it. And Sam, you and I talked about possibly when you put in, if you're going to use the motor that you're supposed to have in there and you're... Make motor lead extensions so that way the actual connection to the ESC is in the fuselage main body area. There's plenty of room in there. You can do a ton of stuff with it. But what I found is I had to back, I had to go back and forth. So I had to pull the wires all the way through forward, along with the ESC, through the little tiny opening in the cowl, and switch the wires so that it would reverse the direction because I had the wrong stuff on. I had to feed it back through. And if you want to avoid that, it's it's simple. If I thought it through, would be to build motor extensions. Um, it's also difficult if you have <clears throat> um, maybe an issue with the with a connection to uh, I'll call it the firewall plate that's set at the back of the cowl area. Right. That's where that box is attached to. Um, it's really hard to get to if there's an issue after it's built. Right. So one of the options is to just cut the cowl and remove the whole front so that you have a lot more access to. It. It's kind of like opening up the hood to the car and leaving it open. <laughs> yes. Like you can get around to the motor now cause it's open. Um, but if that's not the look you want, if you want the more scale look, you you have to plan ahead. Um, right. And that's the cool thing but about it's a- w-
2: when we designed it. We wanted to give people options. Um, you mm-hmm. can definitely cut the cowl and you have all the room in the world. Or you can do the scale yeah. look where the, it fits nice, and neat, and tight around the motor. Um and mm-hmm. by doing that, you just fill in the score line with glue, and you've got a you've got the structural integrity that you need. But yeah, it's all it's all about options, and that's what we love to mm-hmm. give people is is the options. Just like our different skins, we love to give people those right. options. Uh,
1: one of the one of the things I'll also add is, uh, you know, most of the planes that I build that are foam are either a flight test kit or one of their forum members or whatnot. Obviously, we're all involved in that. In that community as it is for sure one of the neat things that they've put together is the pod system the the power pod system and all that stuff i want to say that while i while i'm i guess complaining about the the motor mount it's this system is set up where the that motor mount dimensions are the same as a power pod so you can you can it, it's a very simple modification to cut the hole through and then have the power pod feed all the way through that firewall and the cowl. Right. And 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 be able to take it in and out if you want. There's some modifications, but it's easy to do. And if that's one of the reasons why you don't want to get this plane, you're a fool. Get the plane. <laughs> right. Make the modification. You'll be happy.
2: So we had a beta builder that loved to he was all about the swappable and and you know having power pods mm-hmm. or so use it in multiple planes. Um, it's not something I've really been a huge fan of because I'm, you know, I Rather not move electronics around because I always forget. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. he. Yeah, it's their own. Yeah, and right. And that's what's beautiful about the hobby. But he modified it and put a power pod in there. So yeah, it's it's definitely doable. Um, but it's just the way yeah. we design the plane.
1: Yeah, I just want to make sure that, I mean, if you're looking at this model, and again, I, I find it to be a very attractive plane, um, <clears throat> that if that's one of the reasons where you're like, I'm not sure I want to get this because the vulture has a removable pod. Yes. Um, there's, there's an easy way to fix that. You, yeah. you can, you can make it swappable if you put your mind to it. Yep. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Um, we've been going for a while. Let's work on gauge detail into this Matthew. Uh, I'm not going to have a whole lot on my workbench, um, in the near future. Uh, just because I was finishing up the Vulture. I'm looking forward to having that as my keep it in the back of the Prius and maybe mm-hmm. go flying after work. Um, and you've got my Spitfire because I broke it in half. <laughs> but what, so there's not really going to be anything on my on my workbench for a while right. as I've got some projects around here to finish up. But what's what's going to be on yours well, as uh, our listeners, in the coming weeks? As our listeners might have guessed,
1: I'm going to be fixing your Spitfire. Um, <laughs> and get that up and running. Um, and, mm-hmm. and then the other thing is that there is a challenge that's been released by one of our listeners, um, on the forum for a Stolz, uh, short takeoff and landing challenge that's to be completed before uh, Thanksgiving, the U S Thanksgiving day. Uh, there's a handful of Canadians who are like, which one, you know, and he's like, well, I'm an American. And it, so we're doing American Thanksgiving. So, so, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so uh, by close of day on Thanksgiving, uh, you basically make a short takeoff landing. There's a handful of, of basic uh, things. So I'm going to, I've thrown my hat in that ring, whatever that's worth. Um, I'm going to make a short takeoff and landing uh, Silvere, um, which is a plane I designed and built for the community member who laser cut the Spitfire for me. Um, okay. So I'm going to turn that into a short takeoff and landing. So I'm going to make it uh, a wider cord and leading edge slats and oh, a bunch of cool. other fun things. So cool. I'm going to try to do what I can do with that because it it's a high-wing trainer style plane, but it's it's neat. Oh, um, yes. mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, that's probably what I'll be working on over the next couple couple days, um, couple weeks. So chances are if you come and join us on any of the next couple build nights, you're going to see me building some of that. Okay. Uh, but I think that's
3: about um, it.
0: Sam do you have anything on your workbench that's not necessarily hangar RC uh, in development stuff
2: uh, yeah uh, no no I, I don't I have um, obviously my built workbench is is full of hangar RC stuff I haven't had the chance to build a whole lot more for whether that's good or bad I I, I don't know um, but uh, what's gonna be on my workbench is the Texan that's what's my next build and that's about it for now. Um, All
1: right. Well, what, what about this? So one of the things that I found interesting is that you're like, I haven't flown in forever. And because you knew we were going to ask you about <laughs> flying, you're like, I need to go fly. I had to. Uh, so so now that it's been a while and you flew, obviously your kids were so excited. Uh, are you going to fly again in the next couple of weeks, you think?
2: I, I hope so. But I mean, I really don't have anything. That's the worst thing about the hobby. I don't have anything that's flyable right now um what i know i've got my s- you make planes for a living <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> welcome to my life no i've got my seven right. that's been wrecked a couple times i've got actually i got two sevens that are kind of wrecked i guess i can't say i have two wasps sitting upstairs see i have two of everything i have two wasps sitting upstairs yeah. that i could probably fly but I've, I've kind of been a little bit hesitant because um i don't know i i want my my son's been bugging me to, to fly the wasp and i uh really want for him to fly him, but he's not there yet.
1: And I don't Well then you fly it and <laughs> well, show him how amazing it is. Get the buddy box system going. Well,
2: if, you, on, if you if you saw one of my last posts <laughs> I my last wasp, I tanked into the ground <laughs> the nose is destroyed. Nice. <laughs> it was bad. Nice. Oh, I man. just end up scrapping the whole airframe, but <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. So I, uh, I, I need. I want to rebuild the vulture. I want to get the skin that I like best, which is our yellow and red skin. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to get that rebuilt because I want. That's that's my go-to plane. I mean, the seven is actually my go-to plane, but that is my plane that I mm-hmm. know that my kids can all fly. And yeah. So I always want to have one of those on hand because I can give it to my youngest or my oldest, and we know we can go out and have a good time. So.
1: Nice. Good. We'll do it. Yeah. Do it. Post it. So uh, I, I want to, I wanna, I'd love to put that as part of the listener, um, listener links. I will. That'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. So I think that okay. brings us around to, uh, our closing, which means that's usually where we talk about what are we going to talk about next? Um, and what are the things we want to bring up as a reminder at the end of the show here? So as a reminder, we're going to do uh, another build night on October 17th. It'll probably be between 7 and 10 um, or 7 and 11. It'll be in our Discord forum. Look for the link in our Facebook page probably the day or the of or the day before. Um, we're also going to do a Hangar RC build night as well. Uh, Sam, I think you might want to mention something. Uh, if,
2: if none of you, if you guys, if you're new to the podcast and you guys haven't jumped on a build night i mean man they are awesome they're so much fun i never thought that i'd ever have that much fun online i mean it it is i even i even if you're not building something just jump on and have a chat it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of gearheads like ourselves and it's it's something that you guys came up with and i think is phenomenal so jump on and and join us for sure
0: awesome well we appreciate that sam yeah thank you well, then I,
1: I think that brings us to our next topic. Do you know what we're going to talk about, Joe?
0: Uh, were we doing the
1: uh, coverings next? It's it's possible. Um, we might be doing that, um, or we might be talking about forum challenges. This is the time of year mm. where a lot of people kind of put together decent um, – I'll call it decent in the sense that it's usually well-defined. Uh, there's a clear goal or a clear, clear design objective – and it oftentimes kind of incites the community that I'm in you know, the flight test community. Um, and possibly, I, I, don't know, uh, Sam, if the, the hangar or the, sorry, the squadron has that kind of thing going on. I'm sure it will in the future. Yes. Um, if it doesn't now. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things I like to talk about. I, w- I, I want to have a discussion with one of those gentlemen who are putting the challenges on. I know I've put the, the build Rory challenge and the April showers challenge on the forums, you know, it's, it's a neat thing to do. It's a lot of fun to kind of drum up a, um, the community spirit. Um, and oftentimes out of that comes some of the most interesting designs, plans, planes, and stories that come out of that. So I'd love to highlight some of the community challenges that I've seen. Um, think about possibly having one of the people besides myself who puts together those kinds of things.
0: So um, yeah all right well i think that's gonna bring this episode uh to closure um sam thanks for joining us uh sam platt with the hangar rc thank you and thank you for thank you for the vulture and the seven we enjoyed building them and uh enjoyed flying them and i know we're looking forward to continuing be able to fly them um mm-hmm. matthew if there's nothing else
1: I just want to mention again that the discount code over at the Hangar RC is going to be ARCN-BN1. All lowercase, and that'll give you 10% off of the whole store at the Hangar RC. Go out and get something to build with us at our next build bite.
0: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you again. Uh, and we will see everybody next time.
1: Bye
2: bye.